What's up, guys? This is Jim from GreatCigarReviews.com coming to you from the Wooden Indian Tobacco Shop in the Liga Pravada Lounge right here in beautiful fucking Delco. And today we have a very special guest, but before we get there, <laughs> before we get there, I got to do my thing and give you the two most wonderful sounds in the world. So here is sound numero uno. And that, because I know you like to be jealous, is the new All Saints Solamente. I'm glad you got one. I don't have one. You just got the last <laughs> one. And if you haven't figured it out by now, the uh, special guest is Mr. Mickey Pegg, Delco's own and owner, co-owner yeah. of All Saints Cigars. And we got some news for that, but we'll get to that with, yeah. with the news segment and everything. And on to beautiful sound, number two. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Angel's Envy, one of my personal favorites. It is a fantastic Kentucky straight bourbon finished in port wine barrels. Keep in mind, it is 86.6%, so it's not... I'm not driving tonight, so I... Yeah, I, it, it's not terrible proof, but as a cop, I got to tell you, don't drink and drive if you're going to get messed up at the lounge... Call an Uber, have a lounge guy drive you home. Just, uh, I want to see you. I don't want to see you that way. So, yeah, just be safe. Enjoy it. Don't be a douche. So, today we're talking with uh, with Mr. Mickey Pegg about a couple different things. And first I'm going to ask him, uh, Mickey, how the fuck are you? Doing well, man. Uh, you know, we see each other here, there, Vegas, all over the place. We never get to sit down and do this. So. I know. I feel like I see you more on the road than I see you here. Or on Facebook, probably, and, yeah. And we live, like, right around the corner from each other. Exactly. So, I, I see you I know. on I the fucking you, road. I saw you walk in. I'm like, good. Let's do this. Yeah, about fucking time. This Jesus. was like my, uh, you know, I've been going out there so long, and then, like, today just became, you know, we got the anniversary tour coming up and all that, and I know you're going to talk about that later, but... And this was just a great chance to just get a lot of crap done. Yeah. And then uh, real happy about uh, one of the new additions. Not new addition. New, I'm a new addition there, but working with somebody in my backyard as a rep is Mike Granito. Has a strong, strong uh, retail background. Uh, he's not a dumb kid. He went to Fordham. Now, we, now, this is how old I am. We played Fordham in football before they went up to Division One AA. So that's what we were in Division Three. So uh, he's, uh, he's a Bronx bomber, and uh, he's doing awesome. So we can't wait to – we're excited to get him, get, out, get him out to meet everybody from an All Saints standpoint, uh, you know, out the field. Nice. Nice. So what are you uh, – what are you smoking on right now? Well, since you got the last freaking uh, Solamente, uh, I am actually been chewing, smoking on a uh, St. Francis Miter. And uh, just because I've been yapping yeah. and doing these things, we were putting the tour together, doing this, doing that. Michael Giannini was in here. We're trying to make sure we get the right value adds for everything that's going on. And then meeting with Dan and those guys for, you know, a big part of our anniversary party that we're doing here on yeah. the 10th, I believe, right? It's yeah. 10th? Friday, it's on the 10th. Friday, November 10th. Friday, November 10th. Yeah. Oh, we're not even October 10th. So 
on paper, we're ahead of schedule right now. We'll see, yeah. <laughs> we'll see on the tenth. In your head, you're like three months behind. Yeah, Michael, on paper, Michael Giannini is like, what? He walked out of here like, what? What the yeah. fuck's going on? Yeah, <laughs> you want what? When? How? So, but yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be a good time. I can't believe it's been almost a year of this podcast being up, and I still haven't had you on yet. Well, a lot of that was my fault. Uh, I could have told you, but you know what? When I've been coming into town with this all gas no break store. It's been, I'm in town, and I'm not here for more than 24, 48 hours. Yeah. Uh, and I'm spending time with my wife and getting yeah. caught up on, on stuff. Yeah. My wife does a great job of holding down the fort when I'm away, but, you know, a boy yeah. need, has his needs, you know what I'm saying? I hear you. Yeah, yeah. You know I could fulfill those needs for you, Mickey. Yeah, I know with that mustache, right? Ooh. But uh, we know for a fact that you don't go that way, so. Yeah. <laughs> We got confirmation today, so I'd go, uh, I'd, that was nice. I'd go that way for you, Mickey. You're beautiful enough. <laughs> <laughs> now this is getting disturbing. When a cop looks you in the face with a bottle of freaking bourbon in his hand, <laughs> I'll be your bottom bunk, Huckleberry. Bend over and cough. <laughs> oh, boy. But So on a serious note, we got to get to some news real quick yeah so let's do the news segment now because this is what a lot of our podcast episode is based off of okay so let's get to the news ladies and gentlemen welcome to great cigars reviews news and interviews and this week on the topic of cigar news uh, All Saints Cigars teams up with McAuliffe Cigars and combines their Salesforce team to essentially create a broader landscape where they can expand their sales, their outreach, yep. and all that fun stuff. So, very similar, uh, similar program to Fuente and J.C. Newman. Except everybody's heard of Fuente and J.C. Newman. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But and don't worry about the background music. That'll I'll turn that down in editing. But speaking of porn music, there we go. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's big, big news. Yeah. I mean, ha, how did that come about? You know, it's funny. Uh, a lot of people think one or two things: a that McAuliffe purchased All Saints. Uh, cigars and other people think that I orchestrated this or calculated this and, and, and neither one are true so me and uh, Frank Leo we still own uh, All Saints Cigars and the McAuliffe family uh, obviously still owns McAuliffe but Dan Thompson really you know at, at, at the head of that and what happened was I was out in Texas and Dan and I were talking he goes hey why don't you stop by headquarters so we went by headquarters uh, well, me and I went over there and we had some conversation and just like I know, I mean, I visit my friends on the field or uh, uh, Espinosa, you name it. I've, I've been over there. So, yeah, and uh, we did it back in the old days when uh, when I was at CAO as well. So it when we were when they were a family owned business and what happened was we went in and we started having a conversation and they talked about some needs that they need filled. And I started bitching. I'm like, I'm getting over. I'm getting over my skis. Right. We're starting to get a lot of shelf space, and I can't be everywhere, and I can't afford a direct sales force. Right. Everything else, we're fine. 
Uh, yeah, because as I mean, at least from my point of view as a, a consumer and and like the right cigars news outlet, I guess you want to call it. Yeah, but you don't see it here because it's my home shop. Right. Yeah. But you're like the boutique of boutique. Uh, that's very flattering. I call myself micro boutique. I can't wait to be a boutique. Yeah. I always say we're a legacy company that's just started on legacy shelves yet. Yeah. So. As far as I'm concerned, if you have commercials and podcasts, you're you're boutique. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're big enough. Um, granted, this is just some little ass yeah. podcast in, in Delco with like three yeah. people who listen, but it still well, counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, everybody loves just you know doing it. Just get a little, you know, we're we're all growing together, you know. You know, it's like everybody's, you know, overnight success. You know, if you look at Alec Bradley, it sold for $71 million. Yeah. Uh, Alan just laughs. He's like, yeah, it only took me 30, minutes, 30 years to be an overnight success. So yeah. that was, uh, uh, yeah. So and, and Delco's a special place. You know, Pennsylvania for premium cigars is a real special place, too. Yeah. There's a strong uh, history of premium cigars, mid-market cigars in, oh, you know, in Pennsylvania. So. Uh, you know, obviously Ashton's based here. Yeah. What we're based here in this location, um, John, Jonathan uh, Fiat of J London yeah. is a, another Pennsylvania. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's based out of Monka. Yeah, he's got. I guess he's got this. I want to see it. He's got this killer like studio where he yeah. lives upstairs, and then all the production and assembly—not assembly, but um, shipping's downstairs. Yeah, but he also spends a lot of time in DR. Like I thought, I spent a lot of time for a brand owner. In Nicaragua, he spends a he spends well, he a married lot a Dominican, yeah, yeah, she's sweet as you know, and you know, but and, and the people he works with, and that's why that you know, yeah. obviously, uh, you don't see that many people that have the balls to go super premium, yeah, at, at a boutique. I mean, but he's I, not flash, he, he, dude, he's got style, don't get me wrong, oh my god, yeah, he's got style, but it's like he puts all his time and energy into the cigars, yeah, you know, and obviously the packaging too, yeah, so. But I was talking to I was up at the New England Cigar Expo when this comes. I, out. I heard when this comes out, it'll be a couple weeks ago. That um, was one of my best buddies, guy I'm doing the trip with. Just walked out, yell out there, go, Kevin, get in here, Mickey's here. No, he won't do that. But I was up at the New England Cigar Expo with two guys smoke show, right? And you know, people ask me, you know, how's how's the cigar industry and the cigar community down by Philly and down in Delco? Yeah. And I said, from my perspective. The Philadelphia area next to Florida is the biggest hub for cigars in the U.S. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that because when you have a discussion where you're going to go spend time and trying to penetrate a new area or new... That's what you uh, said. Yeah, right. Or, um, you know, what, whether you know the landscape or not, sometimes I'm a little rusty and I'll look at you know, my sales person and I go, hey... What's the dynamics of this town? Like, am I going to get some guy that's going to tell me, I'll buy from you, but you can't sell the so-and-so? Yeah. Which makes me want to throw up in my mouth because that formula, I'm also in the belief that a high tide raises all boats, right? Absolutely. So me and Granito were talking about this, and he had a very astute observation, something that I never really thought about. And it was talking about New Hampshire, talking about Pennsylvania, talking about uh, Florida, where and a lot of locations where people really do have are harmonious. There's yeah. always one asshole in every kind of yeah. geographic area. And he goes, Mickey, you realize that all those states 
or non-tax, you know, non-tax states. Yeah. Now, when I talk about tax, as I know you know, I'm not talking about tax at the register. I'm talking about a floor tax that gets embedded into the cigars. Yeah. I mean, New Jersey is a great example, right? What's the tax in New Jersey, Granito? 30-something in, in New Jersey, right? Ugh. If you look at the north side of New Jersey, they don't give a shit because they're competing with people in New York that have a 75% floor tax that's baked into the price when you see it. Where southern Jersey, they care because they're competing with Pennsylvania that doesn't have any tax. Yeah, I've done so many events in Pennsylvania, and you hear the guy go, that son of a bitch over fucking New Jersey, he's ripping me off and he's charging these prices. I go, whoa, 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 hold your horses, buddy. That guy is making less margin on a cigar than the guy in Pennsylvania is because he's eating part of that floor tax, that tax that's embedded into the cigar before you take it to the register, just you know, so he has some kind of margin and it, it can be somewhat competitive. Yeah. So uh, I don't think Jersey is that catty. I don't know. I, and that's one of those... States, you know that you know. I don't know what the cap is. It'd be an interesting yeah. study. Like, what's the cap on the on the taxes? But if you go to Texas, in the DFW area, first of all, Dallas hates Fort Worth. Yeah, uh, Fort Worth doesn't admit to hating Dallas, but they do. Yeah, because they're, they're they're they got some class. I hate that word class. Uh, but they get a little catty down there a little bit. Yeah, there's some ones that get along. There's some cults and, and don't. Yeah, I uh, mean New Hampshire. They all kind of coexist. When I was up in New Hampshire, I the Hampshire, it it felt like down here. Like I don't know if that's because I saw Route One and 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 ninety five, and I'm like, I know you two, you're fucking assholes. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. like I was going around to different lounges and and restaurants and all that stuff, yeah. and you know I felt like I was at home. I didn't feel out of place. I didn't feel like I was on a vacation. I didn't feel like I was traveling for work. Mm-hmm. Like I went into one lounge and I immediately started a conversation. Five minutes later, I'm telling the guy how his mom tasted last night, and everybody's. I, I got somebody that might disagree. I, I hope that everybody's doesn't, fucking doesn't laughing work. their ass off. Right. But yeah, up in New Hampshire, it's it's a lot like down here. Everybody's pretty harmonious. Everybody gets along really well. I mean, even if you ask the guys who work here at the Wooden Indian, um. You know about other shops in the area or other lounges in the area. They're like, "Oh my god, they're great guys." And well, how many shops sprouted from here? Oh my god! Look at Trey. I mean, so dude, you can't swing Grito, a dead cat around here without hitting somebody who's been influenced by the Wooden Indian. You know, when I got in the industry, that was what they said about Georgetown Tobacco. You look at Joe Holtman, who's now they used to call him Camacho Joe, and then it got bought by Davidoff. Uh, so many people that were put in the industry. So yeah, I mean, this is this is a hotbed. It was funny because. Uh, I think Granito has met Trey. I, I know for a fact he's met him before, but he got to see him on a little bit different level. Not that he's pretentious at all, just because of our relationship and we're talking about it. And he goes, you got to re- you know, realize Dave's my mentor. Yeah. Right? And you know I'm big into mentors. Uh, and there's a difference between mentors and inspirations, right? There's a lot of people running around that go, that person was my mentor. No, it was an inspiration. Yeah. Like if you look at Perdomo, I would say Perdomo was an inspiration. The way he takes that academic approach. Right. The way I learned when they actually made products for CAO back in the day, we got he took that academic approach from the very beginning. Now it's just more formalized. It's mm-hmm. really, really academic now. You talk about mentors, you know, in the tobacco world, 
there's a guy by the name of Raymond Schur, uh, who's the global ambassador for for Davidoff, who was one of Zeno's best friends uh, up until he, Mr. Davidoff passed away. Uh, Nestor Senior, you know, Nestor Junior. Yeah. So. Uh, some of your own age can be your mentor as well, yeah. especially they the, know more than you do. The way I look at it is an inspiration is, is somebody that gives you indirect advice and indirect. Or you can observe that person and see, yeah. I, I'm and a cut get, and paster. Yeah, and I didn't invent anything that I, I'm doing out there. Yeah, <laughs> like it's an inspiration is all indirect. Like you observe it and then you take that and you use it. A mentor is more like, contact one-on-one hey this is what you should do right this is what i'm going to teach you this is what i'm going to learn from you but i think you can have both like look what are you third generation fourth? uh direct fourth generation indirect seventh so like okay like so there's inspiration there yeah that led into mentorship well dadship but a dad could be a mentor too right absolutely a grandfather whatever whoever was alive not to get personal at that time, but the inspiration, I think at that point, the mentorship uh, accentuates the inspiration. It does. Absolutely. I mean, sometimes you don't have a chance to have a mentorship with that person, but you watch them from afar and see what they do. Like, uh, like E.P. Creo. I yeah. mean, Mike Giannini was in here and he was the one that helped get him to a force multiplier. Look at this big, sexy. Oh, oh my God. God. Bam. We got Chavetta in the house. Miguel! On a Thursday. Holy shit. What's up, man? What's up, you sexy beast? Nah, we're, we're recording. Yes. Get the camera out. Show him, show him that Fuck fucking. Yeah, Broski. What's going on? Hey, you want a nap? Yeah. Ah, uh, come on. You sleep with him. Dude, oh, come on. Dude, I saw... Uh, hey, listen, I saw Trey yesterday. Trey, Trey, Trey. Trey Roberts. Oh, yeah. And I told him about the L.A. Uh, La Veranda hat. Did you see the one that uh, fucking John made? Yeah, with the L.A. The, so, the, I'm in, I, I, yeah, so I'm in your headquarters a couple weeks ago, and I go, and I go, dude, you fucking hate... You know, because we sat next to each other for many years. And I go, dude, you hate the Dodgers. He goes, but this was so badass. Yeah, bad but he did, he yeah. did the L.A. Yeah. From the Dodger, the I shouldn't say that because you know. Uh, but you have you seen that one yet? Yeah, I saw it on, on his Instagram. Well, you got to get one of those for uh, Trey. I get because he's a huge LA. That's oh, true, dude. Yeah. I got, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get him on buying a cigar too. Bang! Who loves you, baby? You. You're my favorite Miguel in that operation. Fucking by the way. majestic, bro. <laughs> Stealing my national sales director. <laughs> Putting out a press release where he's still on the pay- payroll. Come on, <laughs> motherfucker. Dude, this is. Fuck this that. place is hilarious. It's it's a testament to how fucking good the wooden Indian is, and what a focal point I'm glad it you is. Said Indian and not cock. cock. But it it's a testament to how centralized in the industry and in the community the Indian is because you could sit in here, shoot the shit, smoke a cigar, and you'll get like three quote unquote cigar celebrities walk in and just hang out. I mean, come on, celebrities. You're a celebrity. No, I'm not a celebrity. You're a celebrity. But I'll tell you what, I won't tell people you have splinters in your mouth if you don't tell anybody I got a wooden cock. Uh no, so the whole celebrity thing I think is fucking hilarious. Uh no, it, is it is it is it very like do I like it and it's nice and the people that are warm and want to listen yeah. and want to learn and help us become a better company. I really love that. 
the interesting thing is when I do events <laughs> around the United States and a retailer will go, oh, you bought a box. You want Mickey to sign it? Like, oh, yeah, sure. Why not? Or, oh, they're excited or whatever. You add, So here, when I do events, in, in especially Delco, they're like, hey, do you want Mickey to sign the box? They're like, why? Why? <laughs> yeah. I, a, I fucking live around the corner that, that, from that the guy. Why? Yeah. I Make mean, him sign the box if he's signing that he, you know, that he owes me 10 bucks from the golf course. Yeah. I was. Uh, you want to give that to one of the guys? You already, you already, already got that band, right? Yeah. Because like, of the Fate Five. I know you're talking about yeah. that. When, uh, when I was up in New England, I was hanging out with Ricky and Sarah Rodriguez. And, and I heard. I, I saw you <laughs> fanboying Ricky. Oh my dude! And I'm like, I lost, I lost my number one, I lost my number one supporter, jock supporter. I lost my number one supporter. I'm like, and you were like full on. Did you ever see the th- day when the first time I went down and I was fanboying down at um, Smoking the Great Smoke? Yeah. When I went down, Abe was like, "Come down to whatever." I'm like, "This is one of the last times I'm going to be able to actually be a consumer at an event like this." Yeah. But. I was hanging out with uh, with those guys up at up at their booth at the convention or the expo, whatever yeah. you want to call it. And you know, this guy asked me my spiel and what I do and the whole bit. And he's like, "Can I get a picture with you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we'll get a picture with you and Ricky." And he's like, "No, I want a picture with you." And he's talking to me. I'm like, "Why?" Fucking Rick Rodriguez is right fucking there. He's like, "I already got a picture with Rick. I want to get a picture with you." I'm like, "All right, fuck it." So I'm on some guy's cell phone. He's probably jerking off to me. Yeah, that tends to happen. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you a funny story. So, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm going to age myself here a little bit, but uh, which I don't really give a shit. Uh, I'm working at Georgetown Tobacco, where I got my start. Right. And hopefully, we're not going to do too much of the origin story tonight. Uh, but Well, at this point, it's kind of like Batman. It's like yeah. everybody knows what happened. Yeah, yeah. So, we're working there. And Tom Selleck, there was a lot of celebrities that came into Georgetown Tobacco. We had this guy named Marshall George. Yeah. And his title on his card, always business card, said General Operations Director. God, for an acronym. Yeah. But he never used the acronym. And people would look at it and he goes, what do you think? Is there anything I should do different or my title or anything? And they would not get General Operations Director. <clears throat> so when the celebrities came in, he would talk to them. If, if David Berkebile wasn't around, he would actually talk to them. So Tom Selleck's on the cover of Cigar Aficionado. Tom Selleck walks in. He says, hey, Tom, how you doing? He introduces Tom to a bunch of us that are on the staff. And, uh, you know, it was really, really nice guy. Yeah. And so he says, he's kind of getting loud. And Marshall never really got really loud unless he wanted a little bit of attention because he was going to do something funny because he was a ball buster. Mm -hmm. He goes, hey, Tommy. He goes, how about an autograph? He goes, Marshall, for you? Anything. You got to remember that not many retailers were actually doing uh, mail order. Right. It was mail order. What there was no like you called and somebody sent it to you. Yeah. And you might have did it for some of your special customers. We were one of the first ones to do it. And then if Tom needed Mr. Selleck needed something somewhere, it got sent to him. Whether it was on location or whatever, took very good care of him. And uh, and and David never gave a discount to the celebrities, but. They needed something. He'd overnight it, not charge them the overnight. They right. got there like he, so. That was that was kind of like their discount. Yeah, great customer service, and that charging for the overnight shipping. So he goes. So Tom goes. Absolutely, you marshal anything. 
So Marshall goes over, gets the magazine, acts like he's walking towards Tom Selleck, goes over to the bench or like the table, looks at Tom, takes out the Sharpie. Dear Tom, thank you for all your business. <laughs> Love, Marshall. And he hands it to uh, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck just starts rolling. It starts rolling. It thinks it's the funniest thing. He goes, so Marshall goes to take it. To throw it. He goes, all right, go, go throw it away. Yeah. And Tom goes, no, 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 that's going to my office. I'm taking that with me. That's fucking great. That's hilarious. That's fucking great. I, that's got to be kind of a, a refreshment for the celebrities to go into a cigar shop and not get like special treatment aside from like order and stuff. They'll get special treatment, but there's also a code of conduct on following. Yeah. Right. So, but like, like as far as like discounts and whatnot, it's not like you know you walk in. Oh, hey, everything's fifty percent off. Take what you want. Yeah. Like that's got to be a little bit refreshing for him walk into a cigar shop just feel like you know a regular cigar smoker walk in shoot the shit hang out now, buy i don't a know cigar. that's the day with the modern day celebrity right but back then i think a retailer could get away with it because there wasn't that many places right to shop right so, yeah but, I, but you know i i love telling that story it cracks me up yeah so tell us about the uh the new solomente coming out so Originally, uh, you know, uh, what happened was 2017. So we're going to dip into the origin story here a little bit because I need to put this Solamente in, in, in context, right. right? So 2017, we go down. We're going to we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Um, why we're going to do it? That's a whole other reason. When I say we, me and uh, Frank Leo, an old buddy who tried to get me <clears throat> to do this a lot earlier. Finally, I came home and said, we're doing this. So right. go down to the factory, start working with uh, Tavacusa factory. And when we're down there, I, I was chasing this Hoya de Monterey uh, Cuban. I think it was the number two at the time. I, I got to look at my recipe book. And uh, that's how it got to a 58. Because sometimes when you try to mimic something, you have to put layers in there. Right. Um, and so we came up with that cigar. Totally freaking forgot about it. Because we were planning on going down to Nicaragua in 18 and getting a lot of stuff done then. And the problem was, there was a kind of, we call it a revolution. It, wasn't, it was political unrest. It was, this was not a comfortable, don't be a gringo in Nicaragua in 2018. Yeah. So, uh, 2019, I get there, I, I get down there, and Amica, or Amilcar Perez, who runs that factory, uh, and it's part owner with Rocky in that small boutique factory. It's because of about the 25 million cigars that Rocky does. I, I'm sure that number's higher. I've been telling that story for four years, so yeah. the number's definitely higher. About five of it, and I know that number's great. Five million of it comes out of that factory, right? I know because we've doubled the pairs in the last year. I say we, but I'm a brand owner, so I'm not posing as a manufacturer. Right. But they give me full access down there. So we go down there, and Amika goes... Nickname from Milcar, he goes, Miki, Miki, quince mil solamente, solamente, que paso? And, uh, you know, basically we got 15,000 of the same size cigar, solamente means only. And I immediately, I go, bring one out, let me smoke it. I start smoking it. And, because uh, I kind of forgot about it, I didn't even have any samples left at home or anything right. of that sort. So, uh, you want to take that, talk to him for me? Anyways, so he goes, um, I immediately text uh, Frank, my partner. I go, well, two things are happening. You go, one, 
we're, we're going to market a lot sooner than we thought. And I go, two, uh, trademark Solamente. <laughs> so so we, we did 500 boxes. We had more than, we had like 15,000 cigars. My whole theory was, while we were waiting, those blends that I was working on that we could take to market, which was going to be around the beginning of 2020. Right. Uh, we had something that we could take to market, and that's what we did, and that's how we got it with Wooden Indian. So, uh, uh, so our our born on date is probably November is is November 1st, 2019, All Saints Day. So that's when I said, "Hey, listen, I'm going to do this full time. I'm going to leave the financial world." I know there's was no there's not pre context to this, right. but uh, or, yeah, listen yeah. to other podcasts, you'll 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 yeah. catch up. So so we we had that ticket to the market, and I was supposed to have it in October. The cigars were freaking done in age. They were they were in the sick room, the escaparate, aging room, whatever you want to call it. Right. And um, I didn't get it until the middle of December. So what I was doing is until our regular production, my plan was to go around and kind of do like pop-up events or cutting lights with one cigar. So I had a slow start. Really didn't sell until 2020 during COVID because, as you know, uh, it was a great year for cigars, but yeah. it was a tough year for somebody like me because I was still behind the curtain. Right. And I was hand I was delivering the cigars and running the credit card to the, the local retailer. I was bootlegging like a motherfucker. <laughs> so, uh, and then all of a sudden, like Skip Martin and a couple other people smoked it. They're like, this cigar is the best. And all of a sudden, boom, we're out of them, right? So I didn't really have time to do them since then because we were trying to get our regular production on it because I'm really not an LE kind of guy. The only reason I'm now doing a limited edition is because I had an accidental LE, the first Solamente. Right. So this one is 23 to a box. It's a little unusual, too, because I, I want to be conscious about space, even though it's in L.A., so it's 8 over 8 over 7 with a, you know, a cedar cube in there you know, to keep it. So right. it's almost got a jewelry box uh, feel to it. I, I really like most of how the packaging came out. There's a couple of hiccups in there, but that's, you know, I'm man enough to admit that. But the quality, you know, you're well, buying it for the also, cigar. Yeah. It's all man-made. I mean. Yeah, well, we have, yeah, yeah. Well, the cigar is. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but all our boxes are made in Nicaragua anyway. Okay. So, so there's a little, sometimes a little toughness going through that. But we really don't have a box issue. If we have a box issue, it's because we had an art issue that we couldn't come to grips on. Right. So, so that's a really long story, and I, and I apologize for that. No, you're so, good. You're so good. There's 23 in a box because it's 2023. Right. Uh, I can almost guarantee you. Uh, not doing one for twenty twenty four, simply because uh, I got too many things that we have to do. I say too many things. There, there are not enough things if you're a bigger company, but for us, it's a lot. Yeah. Because me juggling, you know, uh, the blending, going down the factories. That's five weeks a year. Uh, I t t try to go down as much as I can during non selling season. And now with this new marriage that we have, this maritage with. Uh, uh, with McAuliffe. Right. It's taking some time. and But it's a blast because I'm working with, I love working with people in our industry in a leadership role that people care about the industry. Yeah. It's, it, now, it's a fun thing to do. Now, what brought that on between you and McAuliffe? Was it a, was it a money issue? Is was that, it, did we start there and then we, we kind of went, went sideways? 
Welcome, welcome to cocktails and cigars with, yeah. Mickey, with Mickey and Jim. So, okay, officer. So let me tell you. I put my notes on this. Oh so, my God, yes, Queen. Yes. But, <laughs> like, was it a was it a money issue? Was it a little bit of a money? Was issue. it a, a yeah. was it more necessity or more? Hey, we're going to prevent such and such from happening in the future. Let's do it now. No, was, uh, I had a need. They had a need. Uh, and now we have a solution. So Okay. That's, that, that's uh, it, it, with the Unified Sales Force. And we got some young bucks. When I say young bucks, like new to wholesaling or, 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 or repping, but have a strong passion for cigars or strong retail. You know, Granito happens to have all that. Matter of fact, he picked up the phone with Jeremy because I know I encourage the sales guys to talk. A lot of people like them in silos. I, don't, I have so much confidence in what I think I can bring to the table with these guys that I want them talking behind my back. Right. You know what I mean? I want them sharing ideas. I want them going over hurdles and stuff. I want them going, shit, we, we might need to share this with Mickey on our huddle calls on Monday. Like, I don't care. Like, I've never been this ogre. Like, don't talk to each other. No. We, that's, you know, I was an offensive lineman. Well, I played both sides of the ball in in, um, in college, but it was Division three. But I, you know, I'm first and always foremost was a center on the offensive line. Right. So I like the team to communicate and work together because that's the way we're going to make it stronger. Yeah. And through that, and through some of these battles and through some of these hiccups, as we're going through as a new company, and McAuliffe has through different iterations until they got to this point happens. The only thing that can keep that going is a strong brotherhood, and you know that from your, your seven generations of of, of of being a copper. Yeah. Uh, to uh, whether you're an athlete or not, I know. You're, I mean, you physically look like an athlete. I don't. I don't know what you did in high school, but I was a football know, player. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so that and I'm more of a. I, I like a team environment. I like an offensive line environment. Uh, basketball environments are strong, and they make a lot of companies go. A lot of individual efforts coming together. But still, that's a lot of individual efforts coming together. Yeah, I like a team where we can lean on each other's shoulder and cover each other's asses. Because somebody's fucking up on the sales guys, and whether they just got over their skis a little bit at an event or something, I don't need to hear about it. You scoop the guy up and you take care of him. Move yeah. on. So, your uh, your alignment with McAuliffe. Yes. Did. Did you two specifically seek each other out, or were you looking for somebody else? No, I, I no, no, I had nobody. I, I'll tell you what, I was stressing out like a some bitch um, because we're starting to get all the shelf space and we're getting all these positions. And I, I purposely have not gone into like even high profile areas. Like we, I, you hear me talk about Arizona all the time, right? And I'm still not there because I don't want to sell it twice, right? So what happened was, I, I think this is the story we were getting to. This is this is the best ADD podcast ever I've been on is uh, <laughs> I, I'm used to like Eric sensei or Coop keeping me on track. Uh, so no, I just I, put you I, one direction. Let yeah, you yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like a rhyme or or something. Right? Yeah. So very emotional and just runs. Uh, so, uh, no, so we, I went out there and we had a conversation and I just kind of complained about what I didn't have that I couldn't afford at this point. And, that, and they said this, said that. So back to that point where Dan was really the um, the artist or, or the architect. 
he, he calls me a couple of days after our meeting, and I, I told him a couple of things. Well, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? With tobacco, call this person, call that person. Right. He calls me and goes, what do you think about this unified sales force? I'm like, what? You're talking about like Fuente and J.C. Newman? He goes, exactly. I go, how would it look? And that's what happened. So that came together, and um, we worked it out and did everything. And then Frank came in, and we had a meeting, and we had contracts and attorneys and all that stuff, and nothing really took very long on the contracts for the most part. And I called my wife. We're in Weatherford, Texas. <coughs> Excuse me. And I said, honey, I'll see you at Thanksgiving. I go, I'm going to hit it hard and furious. And she knew that was coming. Uh, I was already out there traveling quite a bit. Yeah. But now I'm traveling with, with people that care about cigars and care about their brand. Um, and now our brand is together. Because even though it's two different companies, it's still one brand. We're, right. we're trying to come up with a name for it. You know, I was affectionately saying the herd and all this. But you know, uh, when I was at CAO, I like to call the sales guys the rhinos. So that's what happened. And I, my whole thing is like, I'm just now really getting up to speed on how to use our, our Power BI, well, our version of Power BI, um, uh, which a lot of people use in sales, right? Right. And then our CRM, our CRM HubSpot. Uh, and it's, uh, I didn't care. Like, I'm telling, like, one guy was like, well, he left the company, thank God. Uh, he said, well, you think you would know this stuff before you hit the streets? I'm like, Dude, it's Monday. I signed the contract on Thursday and bought expensive plane tickets to spend time with you. And, and tell you like, yeah. But so that that was the most important thing. Let's go old school. Let's like we need those mechanisms. They're very important. I love them. They keep me on track. Uh, and I look, you know, if you use that technology the right way, that becomes your assistant. Absolutely. So it's uh, I've always been because. You get the what I call the old shit factor. Shit, I just saw Jim last week. What the fuck are you talking about? No, I hadn't seen Jim in 60 days. We talked on the phone, so it, it made that gap seem a little thinner. Yeah. So good news was I was communicating. The bad news was there's nothing like getting belly to belly, eye to eye, and, and, and having a cigar and, and a conversation about growing everything. So you're always concerned about growing your brand and your company. So we got a couple things going on. We have, you know, two companies and one unified sales force. But you need if you're conscious of the retailer when you communicate with them about their business, your business is going to get better. You guys are going to uh, come together and have great ideas. But let's let's be really clear about the fact: the most important person in the whole operation is the consumer. But we have to respect the venue. That they receive in uh, their product, their cigars. Yeah. Because, no disrespect to retailers, if you leave it on a retailer's shoulders, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Even if they're madly in love with you, things can get sideways. Well, yeah, because like they got they a gotta, lot of people to deal with, and they got to take care of themselves. They got to pay their salary. They got to pay their their employee salary. They got to. But take they get care distracted, you know, because there's yeah. other stuff in here, and they, they you tell the. You're only as good as your last visit. So a retailer is only going to tell the last story they heard, right? Yeah. Or they remember. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so. hell, if you ask me about Miguel, who was just here, 
We were at a foundation event. It was early on in the Great Cigars journey, and we wound up break dancing in the in the fucking storefront at his last at one of his last events. Where'd you get the cardboard? We didn't. We just fucking break danced on the fucking floor. It was hilarious. But so with the combined efforts of All Saints and McAuliffe. Yeah. I know the the sales force is combined and everything. Are you guys looking to do a cigar together as kind of a, a unity cigar? Yeah, that's one of the, that's uh, one of the questions, and that's one of the names are bouncing around. Actually, Unity Unified. Um, so, I like the names. I don't love the names, but it, it gets across the concept of what we're what, what we're about. So, uh, I do the blending for uh, when I say I do the blending. Let's get this clear. I am not a master blender. Right. I know the tobaccos I work with. I know the tobaccos I want to work with. Um. If you ever take a kid bowling, you put these um, gates up in the gutters so the ball doesn't go in the gutter. Yeah. That's a Mika and Gerber Castro. Mika Perez and Gerber. Those are my rails that stop me from going in the gutter when I'm trying to put the process together. Um, And I believe in platoon. Something that kind of happens in pre-industry. The factory, the Gomez family factory, they work out. Actually, McAuliffe's actually own. They named it out of respect, uh, the Gomez family. Right, um, uh, they have their own kind of style. For instance, the biggest the biggest differ- differentiator you'll see between our two companies before we even get into flip is the Vitolas, right? Yeah, mostly round or mostly box press. Now I have some round stuff in there, obviously yeah. too. Uh, I think there's a couple little one off uh, box presses yeah. over there. Uh, I fucking love your box presses. Thank you. Like your your Toro sizes or the Dedication on Commandant PP. Right. We always try to put a little extra length in there. The girth is usually about the same. Yeah. Sounds like my honeymoon, right? But uh, no, <laughs> so the value. So yeah, are we $11? He beat me by one second. Yeah. We're $11 cigar, but here's the difference. I guarantee you my $11 cigar is bigger than somebody else's $11. Now, now, right. Now, I, I'm trying to avoid the big dick comments here, right? So, the, <laughs> you know, the big dick, but uh, it, it, it's going to happen. No, but like, but no, but I'm I'm serious. You know, I really didn't think about it until Gardino kind of brought it up. Uh, I don't know. If he was talking to customers over here. Poor guy can not make a sale because I'm fucking. What about this? What about that? So, uh, yeah. So that I think there, there's some value to it, and I love a box. But I always like the feel of it. I don't feel so cumbersome. You know the whole thing. You can put it down on a table; it doesn't roll off, and all this other stuff. Whatever. Uh, I just, I just like it, and I think it mag. Me personally, it's my opinion. So anybody out there can argue it all you want. That's fine. I get it. I think it magnifies the flavor a little bit. Yeah. I think, I think it just puts a little extra magnification on it. Yeah. You know, so. I, I think it works well. I mean, me personally, I can, I can smoke your cigars either, either sitting in a lounge, sitting at home, or driving the truck, and. When I'm driving, I find a box press to be easier. Right. Because I, I don't know how to say this without coming off as weird. But I can hold it in my mouth without it being uncomfortable. Right. Shut up. Yeah. Well, it's like but, people, they were taking, when I first came, they were taking pictures of themselves smoking my 6x60, which I call huge. Because, listen, it's still a big cigar. I, I know Tommy does a great job with with Asylum and all this other stuff. And, and um, you know, Terrence has got the lunatic or however that works out. I don't know. 
But like they were taking pictures of themselves, of just their face with a six by sixty, and they were getting pissed that I wouldn't repost it on our social media. I'm like, dude, it looks like you have a horse stick in your mouth. Yeah, especially if you're smoking. Do by you Saint know Francis. how fucking easy it is to Photoshop a cock onto that? Yeah. Well, I'm like, do a cool picture next to something with a sunset or whatever you're drinking or something like that. So you know, yeah, I don't know. But twenty something years in the industry, and it's like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. There, there's already enough. Freudian slips in the industry. Yeah, well, yeah. We got a fucking company named after him, for God's sakes. Um, so your uh, your line, yeah, it's got what five? My company, uh, All Saints, has four lines. We've done one LE twice. So uh, I was at Perry's the other night to see Hercules, uh, Michael Herklocks who talks to this very well about the vintages because he's one of the few people that really does a great job of not just talking about cigars and the process and what it takes, but how they pair up with wine. It's a right. very, you'd think it would be easy, but it's not. Yeah. And talk about the vintages. So we, st- to talk about vintage in cigars is a little tough because you have different, different, different tobaccos are aged at different places because of their, their density. Right. Uh, I guess density is the right word. The moisture content, not the humidity. The moisture, humidity is what protects the moisture, right? Right. The moisture is what protects the oils, right? And the oils where you get the flavors. So you know, um, yeah, yeah. So out of out of your catalog, my four lines. Yeah. What is your personal favorite? Not to not to blend, not to create, but what is your personal favorite to smoke? My favorite to smoke, uh, I have three kids, and I'm not going to answer that one either. So, Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So, what uh, What cigar do I like when I'm not smoking mine? That's usually the follow-up question, right? Yeah. I, well, I was I was going to wait for that until later, but if you want to do it now, sure. Well, well it's usually... It's not easy answer. Yeah, Padron. See. Yeah. Totally bien. So... <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We fucking got him. Oh, my God. We got I'm, him. I'm on the hook. Sorry, Dan. Sorry, Amanda. Sorry, Mr. McCall. But what a... Uh, the Riata. <laughs> <laughs> what are some brands outside of All Saints and Padron and McAuliffe that you personally enjoy? Oh, uh... I'm smoking a lot of Lee's stuff. You know, Stolen Thrones. Uh, fucking uh, a K burger, uh, really. Some of the stuff that there's another company that you know was a company went through this piece and now and then with Bruce and everything they're doing over there has been amazing. Um, not just because they're they hustle, and they work their ass off, and it's the scars are good, right? <laughs> you know what I mean. So, uh, you know, McAuliffe had a little rough time in the beginning. Yeah, uh, there was a there was a price structure issue. There was a, this issue. There was that. They're not. I mean, it's really the maturity of what McAuliffe has grown in the last couple of years. Even though it's a, you know, it's a short window. I think they're just a little bit older than us. Um, yeah, it's, it's like you know, I tell everybody when we're going out, we're like McAuliffe. Uh, okay, we had them, or or All Saints never had them. What do you think? What do you do? And I go, listen, we're two different companies. That both our companies are a lot different than they were a year ago. Hmm? Everybody's going to say that. But the biggest, tremendous amount of jump that has happened 
for both our companies have been the last 365 days. Right. A lot of that has to do, so for the Macau size uh, side, is dealing with the, like, um, the blends, really are getting up there what the audience wants, um, their price point, and, and just the total package and delivery of what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, we, if you look at their newest release, the McAuliffe Black, yeah. it's a banger. It's what? Seven bucks, eight bucks? Seven, eight bucks, yeah. So the the Robusto, healthy Robusto is seven, and a healthy Toro is eight. Yeah. yeah so Like, y- you can't beat it. Yeah. Um, so, I, I just smoked it earlier, and it was, it, I mean, you saw it. I smoked it down to the nub. I almost burnt my fingertips on the damn thing. It was fantastic. It didn't cost you nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Just like my old college roommate. If it's free, it's for me. Yeah, yeah. But um, the this, the Solamente. Yeah. Majestic. Thank you. Fucking majestic. Does John Reamer know you're running around saying majestic? No, he doesn't. But <laughs> if he, listen, if John's got a problem, I'll get a fucking warrant. No, no. I'm fine. No. I'm going to bring out my train whistle. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, and, and for us, why we're different than a year ago is we, we have a direct sales force, um, and I just, and I'm very proud to say that when I was at CIO, when it was a family-owned business, we put one of the best sales forces ever together out there, and it wasn't just this great sales force. You had John Huber headed up the marketing, and you had Michael yeah. Trebbing who was on his support side of that. You had a customer service department, you know, in the back of the house that was amazing. The shipping guys were great. I mean, there was no turnover. When I say there was no, there was no turnovers, uh, turnover with, uh, with the sales guys, let alone the warehouse. When there's no turnover in a warehouse, there's something, there's yeah. something really kind of special going on, right? And I think that's what we're trying to do right now. Not, I don't think that. I know that's what we're doing right now. Yeah. And we're really getting the right people in place, you know. So we just hired a new guy down in um, Florida, and he has an assistant sommelier background from Del Frisco's, hospitality, passion for cigars, has a lot of friends in the cigar industry. So uh, just from being a natural just geek, uh, and you know we got Granito here, we got Jeremy, uh, we got uh, Lauren who uh, is kind of a hybrid right now in Texas. And then we have Brandon Luna, and, uh, Luna, and then uh, who else? Uh, Alan Rubin, the fake Alan Rubin. <laughs> that guy, I fucking love him, and he's just such a great, great person. Yeah. So, I have a question I ask all my my FTOs. Yeah. Which is field trainee officer. Yeah. I I train all the new cops coming in. Right. I ask him this question. And I tell them to ask themselves this question when they first start and about a year or two in. Yeah. So when you start out, why do you want to get into this business? <laughs> and about a year or so in, ask yourself, why do you want to keep going? Right. So to go back to the beginning, why did you want to start All Saints? Because uh, you were out of the industry already. Yeah, I was out for a hot minute. Uh, I was in for... 20, I think, years yeah. before that. Um, so what was and, I, and I started, you know, I went from retail to a rep, to a manager, to blending, to, I guess, a little bit of marketing. I'm not really good at it. I know what I like and what I don't like. Um, 
I really, when I left the industry, I really didn't leave the industry. The industry kind of left me in a little bit, not the industry, but whatever the case was. And I kind of started over again and did okay. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. If I'm going to put these amount of hours in, I'm going to do something I love. And that's, we're back to that story when I called Frank. I said, Frank, let's do this thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah, do I still wake up at 4.30 in the morning you know, worrying about my sales and you know, what we're doing? Are we doing the things the right way or whatever? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I still do. So, and, yeah. Why, and why am I keep doing it? Yeah, why do, why do you... Because I put so much of my fucking retirement money in yeah. <laughs> that I got no place. There's no plan B. Yeah. But your, your blends come out fucking amazing. Thank I mean, you. I put the dedication... At a 98. Yeah. A couple years ago. I love it. And I had some people come up to me. They're like giving me shit like, you can't give a cigar a 98. I gave you shit. That's too high, yada, yada, yada. I gave you shit. Like, it's what, three years later since I gave it that rating? It's still, it's still. I still smoke it today. And I'm like, yeah, I fucking stand by it. It's still a fucking 98. The shit's banging. Yeah. And. Ice. Yeah. When I'm when I'm selling cigars to people when I'm working here, um, they'll come in and they'll say, you know, I'm looking for something chocolatey. I'm looking for something with coffee. I'm looking for something right. with like a, a woodsy flavor, maybe a little bit of nuttiness. And I said, okay, look at the All Saints dedication. Oh. And that's at least what I get out of it. I don't yeah. know what everybody else gets out of it, but a, a person's palate is a lot like a fingerprint. Right. Every single one is different. So I can pick up chocolate and wood. You can pick up coffee and, and, and almond. Yeah, I mean, everybody like everybody has a tasting wheel. I have a tasting matrix. It doesn't matter. Uh, I don't share it because I don't want to get my balls busted. But, you know, when you look at that type of stuff, you need that for your own internal, for your muscle memory of the flavors that you're doing. Yeah. So that that's very important. Uh, now I will tell you the dedication. The first one we came to market, obviously Half Wheel gave us a ninety-one. You gave us a ninety-eight. Uh, it's got the San Andreas wrapper on it from the Toronto family, and that's very important to understand that that valley has tobacco, right? And there's other people that are making tobacco or growing tobacco or fabricating tobacco, whatever you want to say. Down there, uh, when I say fabrication for the aging process, stuff like that, right? Um, but they're not the Toronto family. So that's the wrapper we use, and it's uh, it's got some color to it. So it is a Maduro. Yeah. Uh, but from one to ten, it's a five in strength. Yeah. Another reason: talk to your retailer. It's not bad. Don't, I mean, don't it's not base gonna... a book by its cover. Don't base a cigar strength. I talk to strength. I don't talk to body. Yeah. It's not gonna kick you on your ass. It's not gonna punch you in the throat. Right. It's the way I like to say it. It's full in flavor medium to maybe full in body. Right. So what I say in body is how I compare why is body different than strength? Strength is strength. Uh, body is I put in with flavor. So if you want to say a flavor profile is uh, chocolate milk, the body is chocolate milkshake. Almost can you chew the smoke. Yeah. And it sounds really freaking weird. But if you ever watch Vince Hill smoke, did you see him yesterday smoking? Like he was eating the smoke. Yeah. He eats it and then he uh you know, I mean he looks yeah. looks like he just got a big freaking quarter pound freaking wagyu <laughs> burger in his mouth when he's smoking. 
but he really takes a lot of context into the way he looks at it in his retro hill and stuff yeah. like that. So. so, aside from the Cubanesque style, um, uh, the Cubanesque is more on the architecture. Yeah. Yeah. What were your inspirations for your blends? Oh, those blends, these these first blends I came out with were ones I came out with years ago that didn't pass muster. So, matter of fact, the, the dedication actually had a Sumatra wrapper on it, not a not a San Andreas wrapper. Yeah. And I love Criollo. My my favorite, well, that has to do with the inside, which I don't talk about, um, was, and I don't even know what the blend was. Uh, it was uh, the CAO Criollo. Mm. It came in a box with these shelves. Absolutely amazing. It was my favorite cigar. And I think it would have done better. The packaging was so good that it kind of hid the cigars a little bit. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, that was the genius of Tim Osgener. Not only was it his blends, but bringing the obvious to attention and his packaging. Yeah. So, so you've got a lot of pedigree in the cigar industry. Well, there's no pedigree. Well, between I was your adopted. Yeah. There's nobody in my fa- now that's not true. My great great grandfather had a sh- shop in Cincinnati. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah, that had nothing to do with anything. Yeah. But your your pedigree in the cigar industry going all the way back to your time with CAO. That's that is the nicest way I've ever heard of being called old. No. Yeah, my personal pedigree. He what he's saying is I'm you're fucking old, dude. <laughs> what a dick. But like all the experience you have. Yeah, going back to CAO, going back to Georgetown Tobacco, Dab it off, yeah, and everything you've had in between, all the experience you've had, yeah, how much of that paid off into the All Saints blend and the creation of oh, your brand? Oh my God! If you know anything about the old CAO days, if you know anything about their blends outside the tobaccos that I'm using, but what I'm trying to achieve, if you look at the packaging. Like the Solamente, come on, dude. Like, you don't think, what was my inspiration for that? That was Davidoff, right? So uh, white is a hard thing to do when you do packaging, and you better fucking nail it. Yeah. Um, and that's why, my, you know, I don't have the balls enough to do white packaging for a, a regular production cigar, Yeah. <laughs> right? Because, and if you look at the packaging of the original Solamente, it was very... Similar to the dedication, and there's a reason for that. So I wanted some. I w- nobody wants anybody to have brand mis- uh, misinterpretation. Right. I did because I thought there was going to be a big gap when only having one cigar, solamente, one shape, one size. So when that ran out, by the time the dedication came, I wanted the packaging to be similar. So they're like, that looks like the cigar I had. But it's not, and make sure the retailer knows. It is a different blend. It's a different thing. Right. But at least get them asking about the question. So um, I'm sure that, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, that answers the question. So where, uh, <laughs> as fucking Greenio shrugs his shoulders. There, here goes Mickey on a tangent again. What a, I mean, it, it's gotten to a point where the, the shield and cross has become synonymous, at least uh, in my opinion, with that. Shield is Davidoff. Really good construction, really good flavor profile. That, that comes from the factory. Where did the inspiration for the cross come from? So the same guy that came up with the name, Martin Corboy, uh, godfather of my oldest daughter. Um, so 
my daughter, well, I was working for Davidoff when my oldest daughter is now 21. Again, aging myself. I was out actually in Basel. We were at a, a meeting, and um, it was a kickoff meeting for Davidoff, and we actually did it in Basel that year, that January. So I, I want to say that was uh, 19, when was she born? She was born 2000. To, so I think it was January 2003. The only reason I know that because it was around when my daughter was born. Yeah. So uh, we get we get on a plane. The whole sales team goes over there, and we do a tour of Basel. We do all these different things. We have these meetings, and uh, I was salesman of the year. My daughter was just born, and they were like so in Europe. They were just so like your daughter was just born six months ago, and you're flying all over the place. I'm like, <laughs> okay. What do you want me to do? In America, we got to work. We don't have this socialized taxi. Well, I guess we do not. I don't want to start that stuff. So they took me down into their cavern where they had the thing. And if you know about the original Davidoffs, they were actually made in uh, Cuba. And the original names were based off the the Rothschilds families. uh, Wine names, like Grand Cru, whatever. Mm -hmm. So they had a Dom Perignon, which was their flagship cigar. Right. Which is now, like, it was a double R when I was there. But... They took me down and they gave me one of those. And when I looked at that box and I saw the Dom Bernion, uh shield, I, I said, if I ever have a cigar, I really want to have a shield. I was always enamored with shields. So that's where the shield part comes from, right? Uh, so we're coming up with a name and we had, we, we had already trademarked dedication under our holdings company, not under All Saints. All Saints didn't have a name yet. So, and I named all the Vitolas after my mentors um, in the dedication line. Like, Berkey is the Robusto after David Berkwell, the first guy to give me a job. So I'm like, and I'm referring to him, this guy's a saint, that guy's a saint. And my buddy Martin goes to me, and Frankie goes, why, why don't you call it All Saints? And I kind of laughed. And I said, why have one saint when you can have them all? That's where All Saints come from. Makes sense. He goes, dude, check out this cross. And if you see the St. James cross, the cross that he's referring to, if you hold your thumb on the bottom of that cross, it kind of looks like the Fort Lee, so it kind of plays into the saint's name. Yeah. And I go, I know that cross. I think that's a Templar thing. I don't know. I can't remember. But I know St. James is the patron saint of Nicaragua. I said, I know. I, I had to verify it. You know, it did. And he, he is. He's the patron saint of Nicaragua. Yeah. Also, Santiago, which is the growing region in DR, because we're a brand owner, not a manufacturer, Santiago is St. James, right? So, or uh, or Santiago, or whatever you want to say it. So, that is where that cross came from. And I was nervous, because I went to Catholic University. My wife went to Catholic University. At that time, my daughters weren't in college yet, but I, two of my three, my two oldest of the three daughters go to Catholic University. Yeah. My youngest goes to Notre Dame Academy, which is an all-girl Catholic school for, you know, the year. And I'm just sitting there going, guys, there's not one freaking Jew that's gonna put my stuff in their in their in their shop. So I reached out to my Jewish buddies and they're like, Mickey, who cares? Like you get like you think that you have an anchor that you own the word saint? I use the word saint. So my Jewish but and one of my Jew Sammy Phillips, he busts my balls because he knows I'm sensitive and yeah. he has fun with it. So, you know, it's uh it's all fun. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting it's, that you say it looks it looks like the Templar cross because one of my past episodes, I had my best friend on and yeah. we talked about 
Freemasonry and history and everything. Right. And there's a an appendant body in Freemasonry called the Knights Templar. And it's essentially descendants of the Knights Templar and everything mm-hmm. they, they stood for and everything they fought for and everything like that. You got the whole chain mail and all that fun shit. Yeah. Um, a lot of re- regality or whatever they call it. Yeah. Any, uh, any idea on if you're going to play into that? Do like a, a... Oh, for the Templars night? I don't know. Nothing, nothing that's on. We actually really wanted to go with a Saints theme. But unfortunately, a lot of Saint names were, were gone. There's, there's some that we have in the arsenal. But if we're going to accentuate a Saint name, it could be in any language on trademark, right? So in the United States. Uh, we want to make sure that the personality of that Saint matches up with the personality of that cigar. That's really cool. So that's really fucking cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's they have to match up. They have to have a story. Yeah. They have to have an inspiration. Like I'll tell you offline about you know uh, I might already have about a cigar that I'm working on for a, a line extension. When I say a line extension, one extra cigar for the Saint Francis, which I think is. And somebody gave me one piece of the idea. I can't even remember who it was, but I'll tell you offline about that. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. So. You have the dedication, you have the Habano, and you have... So the, how they came to market was dedication, dedication, right? Um, St. Francis, Colorado, and then Habano. Right. They're all doing great in the right mind. Uh, Habano is that, you know, that one kid that looks a little different than the rest of the kids or acts a little bit different that people forget he's, you know, he's part of the family. But it's still fucking good. Yeah, it is. I mean... Listen, we came out with four lines of cigars in not even four years. Yeah, I mean, probably. And one of you know, remember that that let's say we're four years old. Maybe by the time somebody listens to this on November first of twenty twenty three, we'll be four years old. But you know, one of those years, we're COVID years. We were behind the curtain. Yeah. Well, I I got my cop job in your full time. No, not your full. Your part time. I, I started my career in July of 2020. Well, I remember when you went full time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, we met you. He used to wear a three-piece suit. Yeah. It's funny. Ed Trevino now, now runs Lucha's shit. When I hired him, he was in a three-piece suit with a little fucking chain thing on there. Like, I mean, he looked like British bestoke, like you wouldn't believe. Mm-hmm. Now he's got his, his freaking... Uh, his beard goes down to his knees. I mean, he, he looks like something out of the outlaws. Yeah. Smart as a whip, though. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And he came from retail. But your your Colorado is arguably one of my favorites. Did Louis, did, did Louis Love make him say that? <laughs> I fucking love the Colorado. Nah, thank you. Like every, That's our fastest growing brand. Every time I smoke it, right. I think it's just my palate, but every time I smoke it, I think of a pecan pie. Pecan pie. So it's got like that really nice molasses base to it. It's got yeah. a little bit of nuttiness, and it's got that dried fruit on the retro hill. Yeah. It just reminds me of a pecan pie with raisins on top. That that, that That's pretty cool that you say that because I get a lot of uh, individually. Again, like I, I don't want to tell you. Like if you look at like our cell sheet, it gives a description. I didn't even write that fucking description. That was uh, my art guy who actually smokes cigars. Uh I think everybody that's in our operation smokes cigars. Um, whether it's whether it's McAuliffe or whether it's All Saints, 
I got salted caramel a lot of that. Yeah. And it's funny that you say that because the pecan can bring out that salt, the other stuff, that, that, that brown kind of sugar. I, I get, well, molasses is a little darker, but um, talking to Louis Love last night at Cigar Republic, and that, you know, it's like, dude. And every time I see him, of course, I don't see him enough. I don't see you enough. I don't see all the guys in the right. backyard enough. And he just was like, he was so orgasmatic when he was talking about that Colorado <laughs> huge. I mean, I thought he was going to melt right in front of me. It was, it was so flattering. Yeah, I mean, so. the Colorado, in my opinion, right next to the Dedication, mm-hmm. is, is one of my favorite blends. Um, the St. Francis is absolutely fantastic. Thank you. And the Habano is wonderful. Yeah. But I got to say, probably one of the favorite blends that came out was the St. Patrick, which was... Uh, which was our firecracker. Yeah. That we did with United. That was... Fa- I I usually do not like Candela's. Well, you know how to blend the Candela? But, Put so much other shit in there, you can't taste it. But... <laughs> That cigar was absolutely fantastic. Thank you. I I, I had to stop myself from you smoking gotta, through you, the whole you, box. You have to, uh, and I really don't have that many. Uh, you have to really, Oliver, uh, Nubat, uh You have to give him a lot of credit on that. So there was a lot. Yeah. He took he took a base of the St. Francis. And then we went back and forth. We knew we wanted a barber pole. We knew we wanted a candela. We knew we wanted, when I say we, that was mostly him, they wanted that release because they, they're very strategic about how they bring their firecrackers to market for whatever reason or reintroduce them back to market. Right. Uh, that it had to be around St. Patty's Day. We put St. Patrick's on it. And that's St. Patty's with a D, people. Do never put T's in St. Patty's, especially you guineas. Uh Anyways, so he was very particular that that had to be a St. Patrick's Day release. And uh, we nailed it by the freaking skin of our teeth. Yeah. And there's a couple places didn't get it in time. And it was, they enjoyed it so much that I didn't get too much heat, which was good. Yeah. And the funny thing was, is what it is, we made it for United. And then they sent it out to their customers with whatever their prerequisites were. And it got us into 31 locations that we previously weren't in. The first time that they actually experienced an All Saints kind of scenario. And that's why some of these strategic relationships are so important. Right. Uh, That it it got us in those places. And it was just a really fun project. I I think we made five cents per cigar. Yeah. And I think uh, United made just a little above that. Um, You know, so... Yeah, it I was mean, a lot of fun. It, lot, it was a lot of stress. It was a fucking good stick. Thank you. Um, I had the. But I have to. I have to shout out to Skip Martin and um, Steve Saka, who have done these firecrackers before, about what to do. There's some structure things, yeah. you know, with the wick and all that oh, stuff, yeah. that were very important. And uh, I'm very thankful that they were very patient and we, like, don't get yourself in a situation. Where they show up looking damaged when they're really not, but you know, presentation's a lot to do. Absolutely. With it. I mean, it's presentation is one of the four things I look for when I review a cigar. Um, anybody who reads the the reviews on on GreatCigarReviews.com, it's right. presentation, construction, flavor profile, and value, and those are the four things I base 
a cigar's rating on. Right. Um, Speaking yeah. of ratings, are you going to rate the black? The McAuliffe black? Yeah. Absolutely. Can I ask a favor? Yes. A, because I got the piss. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't... Would, would you mind letting Granito get on here and share a little bit about his story? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is one of the most important territories in the whole United States. Yeah. Share his story. And maybe, you know, Mike, uh, talk a little bit about the black, mm-hmm. how it came to be, a little bit of that. I mean, uh, he's a great storyteller as well. Yeah. He came from retail. And he went to Fordham. Yeah. Fucking Rams. I mean, I'll tell you what. Let's, you beat uh, you one year. <laughs> let's uh, let's take a quick break. Yeah. We'll do the new All Saints segment, which you listen to. Okay. Um, we'll do the new All Saints segment. We'll shout out a couple of sponsors. We'll have Mike on. And we'll go from there. Beauteous. Sounds fucking good. Let's go and listen to All Saints and their dedication. As a police officer, service and dedication are a passion. And across this country, thousands of men and women share this passion. This segment is meant to highlight their service. Thank them for their dedication. And give them the recognition they deserve. Police officers, firefighters, medics, EMTs, doctors and nurses put their lives on the line, risk their health, and put their families on hold to serve their communities, dedicate their lives to their country, and to make her proud. All Saints Cigars has a passion for service to the cigar community and a dedication to the craft of tobacco. The All Saints dedication is the perfect example of that passion. So find a lounge near you and join All Saints Cigar. Thank a person in uniform, in bunker gear, or in scrubs. Thank them for their service. Thank them for their passion. And thank them for their dedication. So you get a phone call or a, uh, so, a text. See? That's the that's newest nice. story that I found was from Laporta, Indiana. I hope I'm saying that right. There was a there was a woman who was suicidal trying to jump off a train platform. And these two officers came upon her after a call and everything, and she apparently started to jump. And they had been talking to her for probably, I don't know, a half hour, 
40 minutes uh, just trying to get her to not jump and everything and commit suicide and all that fun stuff. Um, the officers wound up saving her, and she wound up going to the hospital, getting checked out and everything. And these officers essentially saved this woman's life. So uh, big shout out to LaPorta, Indiana, and their police officers for doing exactly what they get paid to do. And as far as I'm concerned, going above and beyond the call of duty and saving this woman's life. Um, You know, there's not a lot that people recognize that police do or firefighters or EMS does for helping these people out. Um, So big shout out to them for saving that woman's life and hopefully getting her the help she needs. Uh, We're also going to do a uh, quick shout out to WoodenIndianTobacco.com, beautiful Wooden Indian Tobacco Shop and League of Provider Lounge here in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. If you don't live near here, but you want to support the Wooden Indian, go to WoodenIndianTobacco.com. When you go to check out with either sticks or boxes, use code GC10. That's Golf Charlie 10. That'll get you 10% off your order and free shipping. We'll send it anywhere in the U.S. Cigars will come right to your door. Smoke them up. Enjoy them. Have a good time. Also, uh, Trauma Survivors Foundation. The Trauma Survivors Foundation does a lot of really good work with first responders, specifically police, fire, and EMS, as far as giving them training for traumatic events and helping people who have undergone some kind of trauma. It also gives them counseling for trauma. So if you go through a major traumatic event, uh, Trauma Survivors Foundation is going to be there to help you out. So visit the traumasurvivorsfoundation.com. They're always looking for volunteers. They're always looking for donations. Um, you can find more info on their website. I will post it in the show notes. You can go ahead and support them. Have a really good time. Uh, big shout out to Green Enchantments. Uh, they make basically holistic bath and body works. Uh, anything from sugar scrubs to mustache waxes, which your boy helped on and they're fantastic it's uh operated by a friend of mine she is what she calls a holistic or uh no occupational herbalist and she essentially pairs her her uh knowledge of occupational therapy and certified herbalism together and helps you out So go check her out at greenenchantmentshop.com. I will post that link down in the show notes as well. And uh, let's give a big shout out to Mr. King, Mr. Andrew Thorpe King, owner of Soul on Fire and Failure Rules, a book he wrote about overcoming failure and what you can learn from it. Be sure to visit the link in the show notes because your boy and I are going on tour. We're going to be down in... Dallas area at Dallas Cigar. Is that that tattoo guy? No, it's yeah, it's the tattoo guy. The guy I met out in Vegas. Yeah. Fucking love that guy. Um, Andy and I are going on tour. He's going to do a book reading. I'm going to do a live podcast episode. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, we're going on tour. It is the Delco Invasion Tour. And if you want more information on that, go to greatcigarreviews.com. You can find everywhere we are going to be invading. And last but not least, a uh, big shout out to the two newest sponsors. Uh, first of which is West Tampa Tobacco Company. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Big shout out to West Tampa Tobacco Company. Rick Rodriguez has been a paramount name in the cigar industry for years, and he ventured out and made West Tampa Tobacco Company. They are fantastic blends. If you like uh, boutique companies that have great blends, like All Saints, you will like West Tampa Tobacco Company. And... Big shout out to the absolute newest sponsor, which is Newsham's Woodshop. And Newsham's Woodshop makes humidors. They make them for personal use or they make them for shops. And they're fucking massive. If you're looking for a cabinet humidor, go to Newsham's Woodshop and they will hook you up. Maggie will call you and she will give you the down low on everything you need to do, all the specs, all the kinds of wood you want to get, and she will help you out. So, with that being said, welcome back to the Great Cigars Podcast. I'm sitting here with Mike, and we are going to have a fucking awesome conversation, bro. What the fuck is going on, dude? Oh, how's it going? Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hello. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. There's, just, there's that sound number two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good. You're catching on. Mm-hmm. It's a sound number two. You guys broke before uh, talking a little about the McAuliffe Black. I got a good McAuliffe Black story. Go for it. So, um, McAuliffe Black was released at PCA this year in July to all retailers, um, with the exception of a couple that did events prior, and uh, two guys in Smokin got it a month ahead of time, which absolutely helped the marketing of it. That these that two of the powerhouses in the uh, as far as brick and mortar with online components had the, it, it really helped escalate the anticipation for the cigar. We've seen great results from it. Um, two guys is an account of mine. So they asked McAuliffe if they could get the cigars, uh, at the beginning of May for the June 1st or whatever events. Right. Um, they said, we, we said, yes, we got it to them when they asked for it. The second they show up, I text Dave Garofalo's right hand man and said, at, at Santa Maria, I'm like, Hey. Can I buy two boxes from you at cost? Because <laughs> I had no, I didn't, I, because no one at McAuliffe had them. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, keep it on the DL. Um, I, yeah. And they were like, absolutely. So I get, I, I, I give them, I, I pay for them, I get them shipped to me. And a couple of like key amb- McAuliffe ambassadors in the state, I would like call them over, call one of them over my house. We hung out in the backyard, uh, smoked them. I took the bands from them immediately. Because I didn't want I didn't want any posting online that they got them early. Yeah. Cut to two weeks later. So this is middle of May. Still not supposed to have them. I am in the car with Al McAuliffe himself. Um, Mr. McAuliffe. Yeah, Mr. McAuliffe. So 
we're doing we're doing we're doing a couple events going over from uh yeah <laughs> yeah so with mr McAuliffe, we're in we're in pa we're in new york doing events and we're at a shop in new york we're at uh james and sons up in uh saratoga and we start talking about McAuliffe black and he says to me yeah so i've smoked all the test blends and i smoked the i smoked the final product before it was set for market but i haven't had it yet the actual release and so i look at him slightly i'm like do you want to have it now <laughs> and so i get to hand mr McAuliffe his first official McAuliffe black <laughs> he's like he, no uh, fully you are you listening to the story i explained all this already yeah, I'm, I'm texting my wife. Leave me alone. <laughs> so so i i give him the whole background because he's like how the hell did you get these yeah um and he was cool by the end of it and then so he goes back to uh he goes back to Texas, and he uh, he asks Amanda, his daughter, and our VP, head of, head of marketing, why why is it that my reps are giving me our new cigars before I'm getting them from you? <laughs> so it was a uh, <laughs> we had some fun with that. That's fucking great. Um, but no, and and I got and and the response on the cow flock has been extraordinary. One of my favorite things to do with it is to hand it if, if i'm in a shop and we're talking about it and, a, and, a, and an owner lets me hand it to a customer before that before they decide to bring the cigar in i just hand it to them and say smoke this it's gonna be medium full to full body depending on how you define strength it's gonna be anywhere from medium to full um and just smoke it and we'll talk we'll talk in a half an hour um and they always go quiet and they're smoking it and towards the end of the cigar how was it? The usual stuff. And then I ask, what would you pay for that cigar? And the time and time I had, I got here, 14, 15, 16, 20 bucks. And I'm like, great. Now just divide that by two and you're at the right number. <laughs> yeah. Um, because when I, and, and when I say the Robusto is $7, the Toro is 8 even in New York where the taxes are terrible, it's still 11 and 12 Yeah. Um, the I get that nice dopey look on their face, and it's like, yeah, we did something right here. Yeah, I I smoked it before we got on air. He just called our consumers dopey. He did, he did. <laughs> um, I smoked it before I got on air, and it it's fantastic. Um, you were in the green room. Yeah, I was, mm-hmm. but it well, was it's green. <laughs> it was good. It was very good. Um. I, I definitely place it on on medium to full. Yep. Um, it's it was weird because it was my first cigar of the day, okay. so I, I usually don't start off strong. Mm-hmm. I'll usually start yeah, off. Later than that, well, yeah, but it was my first cigar of the day. He's not like us and smoke at ten in the morning. Um, no, nah, I'm asleep at ten. Dude, I work nights. <laughs> You're lucky I'm up when the sun's out. Are you working tonight? Hence the bourbon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fuck that. Wonder why you got dropped off here. Yeah. Right. I've never seen you not drive. Um, but yeah, it was it was wonderful. It smokes great. The the construction on it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, had perfect draw. Yep. The, the uh, in that regard, actually. So at 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 down at McAuliffe SA, um, uh, we work, and each each cigar we make, we. Yeah. 
We uh, we we draw test every single cigar before the cap goes on it to make sure that uh, well yeah the cap, wrapper on the cap yeah true to make sure and to make sure that everything's pulling correctly for the McAuliffe Black. Um, Dan Thompson told me that we actually um, adjusted the um, new we we adjusted the tolerances to make sure they they open they were a bit looser this comparatively exactly so we because we understand that when it comes to the fuller body space um, people like a bit more of an open draw it seems to be the trend in the industry whether yeah. whether you achieve that by box pressing like Mickey does with his fuller body stuff um, or you achieve it. Um, with it, it was just more of a tolerance in the in the draw, yes. um, and I mean that goes back to Padron, the way they do things. Uh, but it, it, it seems to be that 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 that's been the prevailing way people want to smoke a full body stick. Uh, yeah. In the past, yeah, in the I, past feel, I feel like you get you get more of the the subtle nuanced flavors out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you get a better smoking experience out of it because you're not having to fucking stab the goddamn thing to get it to open up. Yep. Um, and by no means that you're drinking in. It's not like you're drinking from a straw. There is, there is, yeah. there is the resistance as that's expected in yeah. a cigar. It's it's like a a very well made milkshake. I love that. You know, you don't want it to be so tight. You have to wait twenty minutes for the goddamn thing to melt. Or chip it with a spoon. Yep. Yeah, and and you don't want it to be so loose that it feels like you're just drinking chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. You want that nice, perfect consistency. Absolutely. Um. It's kind of like a white Russian with pulp, <laughs> which is kind of okay. disgusting when you I, think about I, that it. That might be the that might be uh, one of those first ever sentences. Yeah, yeah, but it's it makes sense because you get the that dark chocolate and espresso flavor from it, but you also get a little bit of a creaminess from it. Yeah, and you know it it's not like a lot of dark wrappers. It retrohales very well. Mm-hmm. Um. Especially in the second, in the second third. Oh my god! Yeah, I think what what what's interesting about it too is, um, again, talking about what people expect out of a Nicaraguan San Andreas cigar. Um, there's an expectation that you have when 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 you when you talk about rolling philosophies with cigars. Um, on the Cuban side of things, cigars tend to grow in strength as you smoke them. On the Nicaraguan side, uh, philosophy. It's that first initial punch. Hey, you have a cigar in your mouth, and you're smoking a cigar. Yeah, and then pulling back a little bit. Some, um, some, yes. Yeah, some, and 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 and, that, and that's not and that's not a hard rule by any means, um, but it's something that I've noticed uh, works for a lot of companies who focus on Nicaraguan sticks in particular, um, and I'm glad that, and I'm glad that McAuliffe Black follows suit in that regard. Yeah. So, how, how did you get started in the industry? Um, I, I'll only go about about a fourth of a fourth amount of time as Mickey takes for that question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I uh, like Mickey was saying before. I got my degree from Fordham University. I was pre med. Um, decided towards the end of my time there that I did. I wanted to complete, complete my degree in biology, but I didn't want to go into law. Uh, sorry, in, into medicine so i'm like oh let's try law because i could use that and i was working at a couple patent firms for a while again there were things i liked about it but i wasn't i was unhappy with the industry as at large with it um so i decided i needed a new direction and so 
when I just after I decided that I wanted to leave the the firm I was at, I give my best friend uh, Will a phone call, and I'm like, hey, um, I got my resume for you, and he goes, oh, you for my dad, right? Um, his dad's a lawyer. I'm like, no, I want I want to give it to you. I want you to give me a job. And so Will is the general manager of Matador Cigars on Long Island, um, and yeah, and he was yeah, and so and so from there that got me on the retail side of things with cigars. That that got me in there. About three and a half years, I managed. I, I came in as a tobacconist. I was, became manager within six months, and ran that store through COVID, through the New York tax, uh, New York the New York cigars tax hike, and through that, it was a lot of challenges running a store in New York. Um, but what I learned there is that when it comes to lounge experience, um, there is an aspect that people will ignore a lot of other issues for, and that's for the personal service and the expertise of, of being able to talk to someone about cigars. Right. So with that in mind, when I decided I wanted to jump on, onto the rep side of things, um, I found out McAuliffe's hiring. Um, I have an interview. My interview with Dan Thompson was supposed to be about 20 minutes and ends up going an hour and a half. And he goes into this whole thing that McAuliffe had done with TCU, the university, um, about... Yeah, it was with yeah. So Bob Aiken, uh, Dan worked with Bob Aiken to do a study on what does it take to get a to get someone to try a new cigar, and there's different avenues. Um, whether yeah, a bunch of a bunch of different ways that people can be introduced to cigars. The number one way people will try a new cigar is if a friend hands it to them. The number two way is if a, if, a, if is if a tobacconist or someone they trust um, in a working relationship hands it to them. Right. Three through ten insignificant compared to those first two when it comes to, yeah. to a new brand. Yeah, three for ten is all situational. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And 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 there's there's benefits to other to other advertising when it comes to cigars to keeping people smoking them and keeping the name around and making it more accessible when someone does recommend that cigar to them. But that recommendation from a trusted person, whether it's a friend or a tobacconist, has to happen to get over that hump into trying a new brand. Yeah. Um, and, and like I was saying before, that, that comes back to working retail and seeing that level of trust that people put in me that they're, they're buying cigars at a higher price because of the expertise that they get from, from, from the retail store they trust, from the promise that the, the cigar is, is being managed perfectly and the experience they get spoken in a lounge. Yeah. Um, and so we resonated great there and I, just, and, and I was offered the job and I've been, I've been I, I was the McAuliffe rep for 14 months, and now with the um, with the symbiotic relationship between McAuliffe and All Saints, um, I now represent both brands. Symbiotic relationship is the one I really am a fan of because we talk about what did each company get out of this. McAuliffe gets Mickey Pegg running the sales team, and 20 and and, and McAuliffe gets someone someone with industry experience that can. Work with Dan and Amanda that have plenty of great ideas of this industry, right. but relatively are new to it overall, um, and combine that. And Mickey gets, like you were saying before, a national sales team directly um, years ahead of schedule. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's fucking massive. Yeah. Um, so what are your views on the, uh, on the combination of these majestic forces? Um. It, yeah, 
<laughs> Pretend yeah. he's not here. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Well, first of all, it was it was surprising because um, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of surface level interaction between Dan and Mickey outside of if you were watching comment sections on different podcasts where the right. only yeah yeah that you you go back and forth. But if if, if you weren't if you weren't actively watching podcasts and looking at live comment sections, the relationship was not visible. Right. Um, but the more I had time to digest it and think about it, the clearer it became. And I, and 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 the reasons that I said before make sense. And there's yeah, and there's, and, and there's a lot more that I have to learn. Um, but one of the things that I appreciated with McAuliffe coming on is that um, the respect I was given coming on the team and, and doing well with the team for the past year. Uh, it's made me happy working for them. And so now that I'm getting it from Mickey as well, it's it's led to maintaining that enjoyment. And also now I get to sell uh, All Saints cigars too. Yeah. When I got, when, yeah. Yeah. I was, I mean, I, was, I, was, I, was, I knew of the brand before I had smoked, I think the dedication before. Um, when I, uh, when, 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 when Mickey came on, I, I sent him a text the day after we all found out. I'm like, "Hey, you want to come up to New York for the uh, New York Tobacco Association golf tournament?" And I was we like, can, on a Thursday. yeah, on a Thursday for the for like for ten days away. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is my first text ever to Mickey. Like, "Hey, do you want to fly up to New York and meet these retailers with me and spend the day with me?" And he's like, "Absolutely." Um, and so we get to the golf course. I get to smoke a Colorado for the first time. Um, cold draw it, delicious, light it up. Just as good with the with the salt and caramel. I'm like, yeah, I can fucking sell this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not worried. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Thank you so much. Well, of the, course. The All Saints stuff and even with the McAllis stuff, you know, it's not hard to sell it. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you once somebody lights it up, it pretty well, much sells I, I, itself. I, I think the new iteration of McAllis with Dan and Amanda is done at the helm. Oh yeah. And we've got oh. Oh yeah. Jeremy, mm-hmm. uh, Alan. Uh, if I'm forgetting somebody, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, just their enthusiasm. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm I'm gonna ask you a hard question. Bring it. This is a hard question. Uh huh. Between All Saints and McAuliffe, which one do you like better? Um. Mickey's not here. I feel like I'm being trapped here. <laughs> uh, Entrapment is illegal, mm-hmm. so I can't legally do it. Yeah. No. Um. I've had a lot more time to develop my, my appreciation for McAuliffe than I have for All Saints. Um, so they also sign your paycheck. Yeah, that helps too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, no, and, and, and I've had more time to work with McAuliffe with retailers and see the success I've been able to grow with McAuliffe. Right. Um, now that I, I mean, it's been, it's been, I've been traveling with Mickey for the past week and a half. Um, in his home territory and seeing the love that his retailers he works for has for All Saints. Um, and that's led me to a greater appreciation for it. Um, uh, just because, like, uh, with new, me coming from New York retail, uh, that wasn't a focus for Mickey uh, right. for the beginning of his brand. So it was, I was, it was, it was out, it was outside of, yeah, yeah, because of the taxes. It, it's, yeah, um, it's a harder market to break into. Um, and, yeah. Listening to him talk about McAuliffe, why was it like why I had him on the show tonight, right? Is because I've become a better advocate of something that's so personal to me with McAuliffe. Yeah. That 
he sharpens my sword when I tell him to Oh, I sharpen your sword all right. <laughs> oh, jeez. You beat me oh, by one right. second. <laughs> Fuck. But you know what I mean? I ain't kissing his ass. I'm yeah. Just, like, you know, I just eat them. <laughs> yeah. You beat me by 20 seconds. I was going to miss that one. So, yeah. <laughs> I am Cornolio. But so, how big is your territory? Um, I cover New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and all of New England. So, it's a wide. Damn, territory. so you go all the way up to Maine? Um, it is part of the territory. It's not a focus of mine right now. Right. Um, and well, yeah, it's yeah. all the way up there. Pockets, Correct, yeah. And, and and that's the thing, like you said, there, there are pockets that um, I've grown McAuliffe over this past year. There are prospecting areas that I want to break into with both brands. Um, and there's also, and, and, but what's great is that um, part of my job now gets to be working with retailers that I've already grown experience with, getting them in all saints. Yeah. Get, get with the All Saints and working with retailers that I have such an advantage working with because of the relationship that Mickey's built over the past four years with them um, and plus all the time he spent back when he was with CAO and Davidoff and stuff that I, I have an open door and an, and an open ear is when I come to talk about both brands. Yeah. So are there... I live on Long Island, sir. <laughs> well, you think about Rami. Yeah. Think about the other rock stars. You know, Rami was a rock star when he was a rep, right? Mm-hmm. He's a rock star now. He's he's BPSL, whatever he is with, with yeah. Rick, right? So, somebody that has a passion, like you go out and you're you're in a lounge and you see Rami on a Saturday, and he's got a beautiful wife Leslie, who we all adore and love, right? Yeah. He doesn't dilly hate. He's still a freaking star smoker. Yep. Yeah. There's so many great, good to great sales guys uh, from a number standpoint, but they treat it like a nine to five business. And they do okay. And they do good. But what takes it to great, you know, we talk about big, hairy, audacious goals. You know, that's that's what Grenada looks like. Like, listen. Gold really has kids and all this other shit. Someday, someday in his life, or whatever, or he does it or he doesn't. He's still going to give a lot of time back to the environment. He's not going to get involved in a relationship with somebody that is that doesn't. I, at least I don't know. I can't predict you. That's the goal. But, yeah. But that, that I was very fortunate that I'm married to a woman that loves my partner, loves cigars, loves what I do. Yeah. So. You know what I love. Was that the fact that he is nowhere near a fucking microphone and it's still picking up on the goddamn recorder? <laughs> that's Grunito, that's is, fucking great. All right, so my last yeah. suck ass of the night is I think Grunino is going to be a great addition to the Mid Atlantic of all the legends. Oh, absolutely. Of, uh, of people that are in sales around here. Absolutely. Chavetta, Miguel, that was in here. Right? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, King. Um, Mm-hmm. Um, you look at the great. I think it's going to be a great addition to this area. Um, I, I just, I just feel it. I know. Yeah. 
I mean, hell, you and I met at Havana Fest. We met at Havana Fest, yeah, absolutely. Uh, up in State College. Yep. Uh, shout out to... Tony. Oh, no, what the fuck was her name? Sarah. Brittany. I had a great time. Oh, yeah? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the biggest thing that he's got, I don't think he's got ADHD like I do. Oh, I absolutely do, but go on. Uh, Well, he hides it well. And and he's got two ears and one mouth. Yeah. And he balances those well. Yeah. Especially when I'm I'm on the road with Mickey. I have four ears and one mouth. Yeah. (laughs) So, of all the, the lounges you've been to. Yeah. Um. What ones have you been able to expose to All Saints or McAuliffe? Like, what ones have All Saints but not McAuliffe and vice versa? Can you put that list on his website? Yeah. <laughs> so, one of, the, one of the really cool things um, about this, uh, this, this unification um, is while we have strong territories, uh, we, have, we have strong relationships with, with brick and mortars, the crossover is minute compared to what you'd expect. Um, and so the opportunity to convert has been really great. Um, to be honest, I mean, I, I, I've, I've already worked with a number of shops that, are, that have, have already or are bringing All Saints in and very soon, um, um, especially across New York, uh, Connecticut, um, Jer- uh, North Jersey. And it's... It's too soon to give you an exact answer with that question, um, because my my experience is still so McAuliffe heavy compared to the All Saints thing. Um, already, there's been more work done traveling with Mickey, right? Um, where the the goal there was twofold. It's it if the retailer wants to work with both companies, fantastic. But it was also like if that initial jump is not what they want to be making. Um, getting me in front of them as the All Saints guy and getting them used to that, me being that person is still been key. Yeah. Because whether you're, whether you're a McAuliffe uh, account, whether you're an All Saints account, or whether you're both, I'm still coming to see you. Yeah. And if you, and, and, and the door is open for the conversation. I'm still leaving samples for both companies. But if, the, if we're going either way. Yeah, you can talk. You're fine. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to sell retailer cigars that sell for them. Yeah, and and if they're and and, and the last thing I want to do is make them commit on a half commitment, um, and then not be forward when it comes to getting that brand going. Right. So is this has this merger made more work for you, uh, or is it yeah. life kind of easier? No, it's it's been more work. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but it's it's good because. Um, I have to grow my territory a lot. Um, and I've done, I've made good strides, but I'm nowhere near anywhere close to completed. Um, and what this done is it supercharged my ability to grow the Northeast for both brands. Yeah. Um, the it's, strong part has been Atlantic. Yeah. We're trying to thin them out, take away. The, yeah, and, 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 yeah, and, and there are conversations to be had right now yeah. as far as, as far as, where to where to where to apply me more in the future right. um, uh, to maximize that value? Um, yeah, <laughs> drop me in, <laughs> parachute out. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, if you're yeah. in Chicago, are you're we, definitely going to have to fuck. Are we getting co branded parachutes for me to jump out of planes with? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But you want a territory so it's a five hour ratio that is so convenient, so good that like, ah, fuck, the tip of my territory and I got to be there on a Thursday or Friday. It sucks dick, but I got to be there at five hours Mm -hmm. that he has the stuff and capability to put in his car. You know what I mean? So it's that that kind of thing too. And I don't want to wear these guys out. So is your is your travel more flight or is it more? Driving? Nah, it's it's driving. Yeah, because um, you're right in the middle in Long yeah. Island. He says yeah. that, but he drives some places that he should fly. Yeah, I was about to say we have a couple territories. Not yeah, territories, but routes. Yep. That we need to attack until that 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 shift happens. Mm-hmm. That I want him on an airplane. I don't want him fucking driving. Right. It, it's all about maximizing the. Uh, it's about it's about maximizing. Um, both the time I'm spending with retailers and also my own personal time too, because uh, and and I think what, what Mickey's getting at there is is if I'm driving, if I'm if, if if I'm spending 14 days on the road, it's you have this energy level that kind of just goes down the longer you're away from home. Right. You see me. You see me come home from a 21 day trip. Yeah. I mean, I've I've had. It's legendary about my own. I've had weeks where mm-hmm. I've worked. 14 days in a row yeah no days off mm-hmm. between eight and 12 hour shifts and i finally get he home puts four, he puts four people in jail between eight, 11 and 14 and <laughs> and i'm able to actually go home on day 15 i pass the fuck out yeah and i look back and i'm like you know what between like days and 10 and 14 mm-hmm. i'm dead i ain't doing shit yep i'm finding myself a parking lot yeah I'm giving away the trade secrets here, but that's okay. Yep. And it, I've um, slept in my car before. Oh, I've slept. Well, I haven't slept in the police car, but I. You I know what I'm talking about? I, I've been on the road. I, it was so much easier. Yeah. To sleep in the car and well, use handy wipes. To, uh, fuck! Why don't? Neck, what's the first thing we do? Handy wipes when you sleep in the car. Do the next. Masturbate. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? Oh, I, 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 I no, but I have an idea. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, why do you think I got a pickup truck? That's why that way I have a fucking bed. This is the same condom over and over again. Yeah. Say <laughs> what you want, it's cost effective. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It, 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 how much does a kid cost? <laughs> listen, man, either way, condoms prevent minivans and and I'm okay with That's, yeah. Listen, I want to have kids. Yep. I will never get a fucking minivan. That's what they all say. However, the only time I would get a minivan is if I can rig it to look like one of the fucking starships from Star Wars where it opens up and the clone troopers just fucking jump out. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is the only idea I have for a minivan. You got to have like quadruplets then so they all be in the same stormtrooper outfits. Don't underestimate me. Wow. I'll do it. I be- I believe you. I'll do- I'll call her right now. We'll get everything set up. <laughs> <laughs> um but you're uh Your work through the industry, it, yep. it's it's led you on a lot of different paths. Mm-hmm. It's steered you from other paths. Yeah. Um, he accelerated faster than normal, by the way. What? And I have a big affiliation for that. Where do you think you'd be if you hadn't taken the path you'd taken by going with McAuliffe? 
Um, I got an exact answer for you. I was, I was offered the same day as the Macau position. I was also offered a position in medical sales, and I had to choose. Oh, so you wouldn't even be in the industry? Correct. And 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 I had and and that and so and so I was coming. I was yeah. I was I was on the tail end of wanting to work in retail, um, and I had. I had a fork in the road in front of me. Um, and what was the leading factor deciding was that if I leave the cigar industry, I don't know if I'm coming back. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Mickey right. in that sense. I didn't think I was coming back. Yeah. But here you are. Surprise. Um, yeah. He said peekaboo, motherfucker. But I just spent, I mean, and, and granted, and granted, my, my, my medical degree, uh, my undergrad degree, might have been more applicable with that position. But I just spent the past three and a half years, day in day out, talking cigars, being around people, smoking cigars, learning about them. It's fresh on my mind. It's it's something that I'll I'd be able to directly associate with the people I'm working with. Yeah. Um. And and that retailer, I mean, the number of times a, a quick little retail story or getting how they think gets you in the door and gets you the next step working with people. It's, it's, it, it really has helped help what I've been doing yeah. immensely. So, uh, yeah, if, if you go back to the beginning where you kind of had that bridge yeah, of do I send my resume to my buddy or do I send my resume to his dad? Mm-hmm. If you went back now with the knowledge that you have, would yep. you have sent it to his dad, or would you still nah. have sent it to him? I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with what's, how, how things turned out. Um, well, it was quick. You sent it to his dad, or you sent it to No, him? I sent it to him, and he thought he thought I was going to give it to him to give to his dad. Because what do I always say? Why dance with the pawn when you can kiss the king? Hmm. Well, that, but I, I, but I, at that point, I had to hand it to him. I, it was it was for him, not not for his dad. But I get your question. Yeah. Um, I think there is an there's a part of sales and I would have this conversation with Mickey. Um, one of the things I love about this job is after getting in the door, when it comes to um, working with customers, um, I get to now become a coach for them to work with them and yeah. And, 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 and consult with them and work and, and work and, and work and work to work to get our mentalities aligned, work to right. get, yeah, work to get, um, the the ducks in a row, and that kind of maneuverability thing I really do enjoy. Um, and that's something that you really, it's it's applicable in a lot of jobs, but it's at the forefront of sales. Um, so I don't know what I would be doing if it wasn't if it wasn't cigars. Um, but I think if the left turn wasn't cigars, it would have been something else. I don't yeah. think. Yeah, I think I was ready to be done with the with the industry I was in. Yeah. So, you've got a lot of growth left in this industry. Mm-hmm. A tremendous amount. I got two more questions for you, and then we got to wrap it up. Sounds good. My first question: Where do you see yourself in the next five to ten years? That's a great question. <laughs> um, he can go up in your industry. No, I know that. <laughs> I wanted to go up in our fucking company. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. But like, do you see yourself more as a, a, a rep as what you are now, or do you mm-hmm. see yourself moving up towards 
like regional position or do you like where you're at? I'm ambitious. Um, I do think that right now in my experiences, um, I want to grow, but I am hesitant to manage others. We're just going to kill this fucking bottle. Yeah, I think we're done with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, and, 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 and so, and so based on, based on, based on my, Mike, pour yeah. this, pour this in your, in your yeah. fucking, in your fucking cup. Right? Yep. Kill the son of a bitch. Yeah, no, I, I, I want to, I want to be, a, I would say key account management. Yeah. It would be, it would be Kia. Okay. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's, it's key account management that I, that I think I, I, I want to be able to do what I do now. At a, lar- at a at a much bigger level. Finish it. Done. Finish it. There you go. Fucking beautiful. <laughs> I'm so proud of you right now. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, uh, key account management. Working at at working directly with retailers the same way I am now. Being able to focus on the consulting part of the job and and working with the people that are growing that I'm growing with at a, at, a, at a larger scale. That's okay. that's where I see myself. All right. That's awesome. I think the people in this industry that make it to the next level out of retail, I love retail, some people, is that when you can position yourself as a consultant, a salesperson. Yeah. Uh, he was doing this today with Iggy uh, up, in the, up in the Bronx. Yep, Avenue Cigars, yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and it takes and 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 there are, you have to be able to see when it's time to press the brakes and and yeah. and focus on the relationship because um, because that always hits the forefront. There's, I mean, just like with re, with cigar retail, um, it's not about the one sale that you get from the guy who walks in the first time. It's getting him coming coming back the second, third, fourth. That's so that's what you have to focus on. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It if if you if you if you chase the short the short sale. You're gonna run out of customers. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. My final question for you. Outside of All Saints and yep. Caliph, mm-hmm. what are the top five cigars that you enjoy? Okay, here's my question back to you because I will answer the question. Eight inches. Uh huh. Okay, great. Oh. <laughs> 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 um, N- name a brand and let me answer that question based on a brand that you say. I have I have a lot of opinions within brands, um, and if I don't have opinion, I'll tell you that too. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make something up. Okay. So give me a so give me some brands that you like or maybe you don't like that I can give you my insight on what I like from them. All right, I'll give you five brands. Go right ahead. Stolen Throne. Okay. Um, I love the I I respect the hell out of Noel Rojas. Um, Stolen throne. Well, hold on. Rojas. No. Where did it come from? Noel Rojas is Rojas. Yeah, I'm aware. And where and and who does Stolen Throne work with for their cigar production? Lee does those fucking. I'm aware, but and, and no. Here we go. 
<laughs> oh my god. What's the red band one called? Ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens when you mix Long Island, Delco, and Bourbon. Okay. Okay. But they also work very closely together. They do. They, they do. Yeah. I will give them that. They okay. were PCA. They had very similar. Aren't displays. they manufactured in the same factory? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I know a little bit. <laughs> What's what? The Three Kingdoms is the Red Band. Yeah. Yeah. Big. Yeah. Big fan. Big fan. Oh, you don't know? Apparently, because I don't. Apparently, I don't know. <laughs> According to you. <laughs> Have you smoked uh, Lee's new one yet? I literally just saw it today for the first time in Wooden Indian. And I'm like, oh, really? yeah, I, because I, I, yeah, it's, it's his fourth blend now, right? Uh, fifth. Okay. Technically. Okay. So he came out with one. It was called the, right, let's talk about that. the Phantom Queen. It was good. Okay. But I think that was a limited edition. Got it. This one is his next. Like regular line. Okay. Blend. So because I don't know about that, I would say the Three Kingdoms is okay. the one that really resonated with me. Good pick. Good pick. Um, my father. Um, I am between the original number release, specifically the number one and the number two, the Robusto or the the uh, Coso, and um. The Garcia Garcia is fantastic. It's very pricey, but it, it really does do something different at the high end Nicaraguan space than Padron does. Yeah, uh, which I like about it. Um, with my father, I was talking before about Nicaraguan blending philosophy. I think my father adheres to that very closely, with starting off strong and then pulling back. You have that through line of black pepper that um, you either like or you don't, but I respect that they keep it that way. Uh, because it keeps people in the in the brand. Uh, Opalencia yeah. is another one I'm, re- I'm a big fan of. Oh, it's a um, Yeah, and the the short uh, La Promesa. The, no, no, no. Is that the little pink one? Uh, Opalencia. Op- no, no, no. Opalencia is blue. Uh, no. no Op- Op- Opalencia is green. The uh, Lagrana Fuerte is the blue one. I do like that. But the little pink one uh, that comes in smaller sizes, the pink band at the bottom. Um, I'm blanking. That's yeah, and the oh, and then and the new uh, Fonseca, yeah, okay, not not new anymore. It's been a couple of years, but yeah, a lot of respect for that blend too. Yeah, okay. Uh, foundation. Um, my first week working at Matador Cigars on the retail side, I got to spoke for the first time the Havana Seed, the Red Band Tabernacle, um, and I went back to it immediately which I was trying not to do because I was trying to experience all these new cigars. I had no, I, every day I've spoken the same thing as something I, today I didn't have to try something new. But um, yeah, the, the Havana Seed Red Band uh, Tabernacle uh, really spoke to me. Um, I know, uh, yeah, I think overall uh, the, 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 the original one yeah. tends to reflect better on most people, but that, that, that unique wrapper on there really got me, uh, yeah. got me hooked. McAuliffe. Um The... Migdalia, when I first started working for the company, was my favorite. Um, I uh, I love the earthy tones out of it. I love that Sumatra Habano play off each other from the wrapper and the binder. Um, the Riata, like Big was saying before, uh, 
we talk about through. I said before through lines with the company. Something that Herkulot talked. Yeah, they either like it or not. Yeah, yeah. Herk, uh, something that. that mm-hmm. Um, when I when I was I was talking with Michael Herkulot on our, on on one of the uh, McAuliffe late night shows, and he was talking about the idea of through lines between companies, and it's something that I I thought of not directly but indirectly, like I said with my father with the with the, with the black pepper. I think McAuliffe's through line uh, tends to be white pepper. Um, and I really am a fan of white pepper, like in the Hamistron from Aroa. Um, I, that, that's one that's like really, really white pepper to me. So when I, when I got that out of McAuliffe, I'm like, I'm on yeah, board. And, uh, yeah. Oh, that's why I like that too then. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but, and, and so, yeah, so Riata resonates with me. Magali resonates with me. Uh, the new black, um, it's one of the only cigars, like I'm saying before that I, Training on retail, I don't go back and smoke things a lot because I want to just keep trying new. The the only thing I wanted to do after smoking the McAuliffe Black was light another one up after it. Yeah. So there's there's that addiction. Yeah. There, there there there's that there's that intensity to wanting to keep going with it that I would really enjoyed about that. Um, yeah. But I'm there. Last one. Go ahead. West. No. All sense. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta fuck with you a little bit. Um, no, uh, West Tampa the Black um, uh, with All Saints. Um, like I said before, uh, when I smoked that Colorado day one, or uh, worked with Mickey, um, that really that really impressed the hell out of me. That caught me Just just how it turned out. Because cigar nerds don't really geek out over 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 lighter wrappers as often, I feel. Yeah, um, yeah, I feel like they geek out more over like darker wrappers and and darker blends. Yeah, but there's a little meat inside of that. Right? Exactly, there is a little meat it's inside little, of it. That's 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 that little, little hidden surprise. There's a there's a little Mickey meat in there. Mm. You can get fucking ready to taste it. <laughs> yeah, get that salted caramel on your lips. Oh yeah, taste that salt, yeah. baby. Retro hell. Lick it off and retro it. I'm telling you, back in the geek days, when I first got it, nobody talked about retro hell. We retro hell. Oh, bourbon that went down right. Yeah. Yo, no, you just no, sounded no. like someone who retro for the first time ever. No, no, no. I did. See, I met him when I was up in New Hampshire. Yeah. Really fucking cool dude to talk to. Yeah. But I'm also the kind of guy where I got to hang out with you for like. I don't know, two or three times before we start busting your balls. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to try so hard oh, to start was. smoking a cigar and be like, you know what I'm tasting out of this? Your balls. Cow shit and semen. Ah. Oh, and, yeah. ju- and just fuck <laughs> just, with him the yep. entire time. Yeah. I, I fucking love the guy. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Smart as a whip. Yeah. I mm. listen to the Cigar Authority every week when it comes out. Yep. And a lot of people don't know this, but the Cigar Authority was one of the inspirational tracks for starting. Did I give you a St. Francis coin? St. Francis who? Coin? No. Um, 
with Scarth already? Uh, yes. This guy. Yes, yeah. I have one. Yes. All right. All right, cool. Um, I have a hard time believing I didn't do that with Yeah, I got one. Um, we got to decide but I, I listen to that show every week. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know that the Cigar Authority was actually a really big inspiration to start the Great Cigars podcast. Like, I had wanted to do it for a while since yep. I started. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I don't know if I want to, like, bite the bullet, buy the microphones, yep. buy the equipment. Learn how to use it. Learn how to use it. And people don't realize, like, this shit's hard. Yep. I mean... Keeping up with it every two, I do mine every two weeks because mm-hmm. I got a full time job. I got two part time jobs. Yep. I I got to stay on top of this. I got to stay on top of great cigars. I got to travel with it. Mm-hmm. I got to do all this other shit. It's hard to keep in line with. Yep. But I've had a lot of really good inspiration, and I've had a lot of really good mentorship. So, like my mentorship, you go through Dan and Dave at the Wooden Indian. You go to Mickey, you go to uh, Rick Rodriguez of all of uh, West Tampa. You go to um, my dad. My dad was the biggest mentor for me because he started me on cigars mm-hmm. and he started me on. Okay, you're gonna smoke it like this. Oh, you're, so you're talking about cigars? You're talking about like general? Yeah. Well, I like when I like to talk about mentors. I like to talk about like everything in growth, being a better person. Uh, he wasn't. Well, finished. I, I think about that too, but um, he talks to his mom. He talks to his yeah. Yeah. Like your uncle the one time that called like Yeah, my my godfather, yeah, on the car. Yeah. Like, my uh they were trying to get something get something at the right price and something like that or whatever. I, I I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, my parents are both big mentors to me. Um but my Those are called parents. Well, yeah, I mean like when I was like when I, Listen, well, a parent can absolutely can be a mentor and not be a mentor. Listen, my dad said this to me when I was a kid. He said, the government says I have to feed you, clothe you, house you, and make sure you sleep well. It says nothing about loving you. It says nothing about mentoring you. I do that on my own. And that meets up with me. It's like, you know what? Yeah, my dad's been a mentor to me. Mentor to me since I was a kid. He's been a mentor to me since I've been a cop. He's been a mentor to me in high school. He was a mentor to me in scouts. Mm-hmm. He was a mentor to me when I started in the cigar industry. First one to pick up a phone when he was in jail. Yeah. Um, my my <laughs> mom was a mentor to me in school. She's got a doctorate in social work. She she teaches social work at Widener University. She's arguably one of the smartest people I know. Yep. Yet she questions why the bag of candy falls when she's holding it from the top and cutting it with scissors. <laughs> but she... There are different types of intelligence. <laughs> she, she mentored that me. That is beautifully... That's one of the best analogies I've yeah. heard. It actually fucking happened. <laughs> that's so the best... It's not an, it's Dude, an example. I fucking <laughs> watched it happen. Yeah. yeah. I fucking watched it happen and pissed myself when I saw it. <laughs> but she is arguably one of the small, smartest people I know. Yep. She has taught me. Yeah. She has taught me so much between my my music aspect of life, my education aspect of life, and my travel aspect of life. So who's in charge of your mustache aspect of life? 
my dad. Mm. So he's got a mustache like me. His is like that quintessential majestic cop stash. Yep. It's gray now, but when I was a kid, it was brown. Yep. So every cop that I see with a mustache is all I think of, like, that, that's like, comes from porn. So I joke around with people I see. Yep. And they say, you know, I don't tell people I'm a cop, like, outwardly unless. Oh, you just like, tell them by your mustache. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it gets to a point no, in the conversation. Like, I'll, I'll talk to somebody, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I dealt with this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, when I was on duty, I dealt with this. Mm -hmm. And they'll ask me, like, oh, are you a cop? I say, yeah. And we joke around about it, and I say, yeah, you know. Yeah, but big, the biggest joke is I look like every cop from the 80s. Yeah. Because I have the mustache, the aviators, the mm -hmm. fucking broad shoulders, the build and shit. Yeah. Yep. Fuck you. <laughs> but... You know, my parents have different types of mentorship over my life, and yep. I have different inspirations over my life. Sure. So just like Mickey and I were talking about earlier, mentorships can also be inspirations. So one of the big inspirations for me is Lee Marsh, because mm -hmm. when I retire from being a cop 24 and a half years from now, not that I'm counting. Was Lee a cop? No. But when I retire from a cop, when I retire from, from law enforcement 24 and a half years from now, I want to start my own cigar company. And if I can, you know, go on Instagram or go on Facebook and just see, hey, this guy started a cigar brand just out of fucking nowhere. Yep. Well, fuck. That gives me an idea for retirement. That gives me an idea for a second career. That gives me an idea for a second way to fulfill what I have to do day to day so I'm not just sitting at home watching yep. Perry Mason on reruns. <laughs> and it, it's it's very interesting to, to see the correlation between the two. And my parents are both inspirations for me on top of mentors. Yep. Like my dad, he has been in civil service since he was a kid. He became a firefighter when he was 16. He went into EMT school. He became an EMT. He finally became a cop in 1997. Okay, wow, okay. And he just retired last year. And my mom, she went through a lot of stuff with her family. She was the youngest of seven from an Irish Catholic family. Mm -hmm. She went from Buffalo to Havertown to L.A. Huh. She got her bachelor's degree at uc davis and yep. she got her, her master's and doctorate from Bryn Mawr. Mm -hmm. and if you can't tell me that those two people meeting and sharing their intellect with their spawn me yep. that spawn. that i can't use that to my advantage mm -hmm. you're a fucking nut job Absolutely. Because everything my dad went through, everything my mom went through, all the stories I heard from them, yep. I learned from it. And, you know, mm -hmm. my dad tells me the mistakes he made. My mom tells me the mistakes he made. That's important. Every child goes through this. Mm -hmm. At some point or another, the, parent, the parents tell the child the mistakes they made the in their child. life. Yes. Close enough. The parent tells the children the mistakes they made in life in hopes that they don't make the same mistakes. Well, yeah. 
But what people don't recognize is that the children need to make their own mistakes. Yep. Because if they don't, if they don't make their own mistakes, they don't learn from them. Sometimes you have to learn the, the oven's hot by touching it. Exactly. And we're just putting our hand down. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I'm. I had a nasty blister when I was four years old from doing that once. And and one of my sponsors, uh, Andrew Thurk King. He mm-hmm. wrote a book called Failure Rules. Yep. And it's five rules, essentially, that failure can teach you. And one of them is failure purifies. Mm-hmm. And you don't fail, you learn. And I don't know if, I know you don't know this. I think you know this. It took me seven tries to get into the police academy. Wow. That's, yeah. Well, I mean, fucking look at me. I'm meant to pick shit up and put it down. Mm-hmm. I'm not made to run. Yep. And the run That's got me. Yeah. But the run got me on six out of seven times. Mm-hmm. And failure purifies. I went through a bad personal personal relationship. I dealt with all the turmoil from that. And that pushed me to then pass the entry exam yeah get to the police academy get where i needed to go yeah and if you don't fail if you don't fail to succeed at what you want to do you keep pushing for it yeah and if you don't push yourself who the fuck's Mm -hmm. going to yeah because i i think about this stuff all the time if your ability to just take a failure on the chin and be like, okay, I failed at this. I'm going to go on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. That's not how that works. No. You fail at it. Okay. Pick yourself up. Try it again. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't try it again, you don't know if you're going to pass or not. Yep. If you go to the next thing, you're probably going to fail at it because you're not as fluent in it. Yep. Like, if I didn't want to be a cop, and I wanted to be in the cigar industry, at the time, I wanted to be a cop. Mm-hmm. I will guarantee you 100%, I would not succeed. Yep. Great Cigars, last month, just reached its seventh anniversary, or seventh year anniversary. Seven fucking years of this bullshit. Mm. <laughs> if you told me seven years ago, I'd be at PCA... I'd have a podcast. I'd be interviewing Mickey Pegg, Rick Rodriguez. I'd be hanging out with George Padron, Carlito Fuente. I'd tell you you're a fucking nut job. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't for my failure in the police academy, if it wasn't for all that other bullshit, I wouldn't have made it to where I am today and be in the industry, albeit kind of limited. Sure. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I also believe, and we're going to wrap up soon, but if you're not failing, you're not pushing yourself hard enough. Exactly. Because if you don't fail, you don't succeed. Yeah. And you don't learn from it. Exactly. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Great Cigars podcast held here in beautiful fucking Delco. And we have had Mike and Mickey Peg on as... Sounds like we're a married couple. Yep. (laughs) 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 
But we have had Mike and Mickey Peg on as special guests. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Be sure to subscribe and share this episode. Follow Great Cigars Podcast on Instagram at great underscore cigars. Go to greatcigarreviews.com to look up more information on reviews, events, and swag. And we will catch you later. Ladies and gentlemen, keep an eye out for news. Keep an eye out for reviews. And stay fucking smoky. Peace.